Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Oh, that's me. <laughs> I'm just texting. I was just texting uh, one of the folks today. Uh, yeah, I'm a chair adjusted here. Yeah, actually, I'm feeling pretty good today. Uh, for those that haven't tried it, um, I had a, a one of my my uh, three to four times a year chiropractor adjustments. Been doing this since I was 17 years old. Um, yeah, I actually went to a doctor just on my own. Just you know, as soon as I could drive, you know, I just topped out to the chiropractor and because uh, I believed in it. I did my back surgery and my back was in pain and. Uh, you know, no, no one seemed to care or notice or want to take care of it for me. So I did it myself. Anyway, went to chiropractor and, and all of a sudden my uh, uh, nerves cleared up. I, I laughed for about 45 minutes when all the tension out of my back was taken out. And I really haven't had back problems since as long as I, you know, maintain and go to a chiropractor, which I find fascinating that people don't want to or don't want to try or believe in alternative health, uh, which to me is health. <laughs> you know, um, So this is why we talk about it so much on the show. And so all the folks that, uh, you know, filter their water and, and detox and uh, have things that can help you get over the, uh, the effects of the COVID jab, uh, like Cardio Miracle and things like that, they should be sponsoring our show. I, I think I talk about them enough. Anyway, point being that, uh, that medicine is, you know, if it works, it's great. Um, you know, I was always told, well, you need back surgery one day, you know, or uh, uh, I was told by doctors, well, you need a hip replacement by the time you're 50, I'm 63, <laughs> going strong, right? I, I don't see any replacements of any kind uh, in my future um, just because I just keep going, <laughs> you know, I'm the ever ready bunny. But a lot of that has to do with things like chiropractic, you know, so if your back is in shape, your nerves are in shape, your, your body is in harmony. And uh, I think I want to just say, oh, so I'm just going to meditate here for a minute. Oh, I feel better already. Anyway, point being that whatever works for you, go for it. So that's, that's uh, uh, something on that. So this is how I maintain my calm. If you remember the movie Demolition Man, you know, if you, you know, enhance your calm, you know, be well. Because this is where it all started, right? It was kind of funny. Everybody walks around in robes. And, you know, that, that's a great film, actually. It's a wonderful social commentary. Um, it's kind of interesting that uh, one of the – I won't give away too much of the plot, but uh, one of the things that happens is the, the restaurants have a franchise war and, and Taco Bell wins, and, and all restaurants are Taco Bell. <laughs> this film's been out for a long time, so I, I can say it. But it's just funny that Taco Bell is, is suing this little company somewhere which patented Taco Tuesday. And, uh, and so they like, we want to do it too, just because they're big. Well, if you want to do it, Taco Bell, pay for it. You know, pay them, pay them royalties like everybody else does. You pay musicians royalties when you play their music, you know, and uh, you pay authors royalties if you take their stuff and, you know, or, you know, and that's how you do it. You pay royalties. So, so Taco Bell should pay royalties. And that's the, but no, they're going to go to court because they, they want to have their, their, their trademark overturned. <laughs> Please. Um, that's just corporate, you know, it's almost like corporate deep state, which is kind of our theme today. And so the title of the show is our, our continuing um, theme on the seditious conspiracy. In other words, the deep state, the globalists, the elites, uh, the, the rich and powerful that think that because they're rich and powerful, uh, they should control all the rest of us. And they're probably the least able to do it, being the idiocracy, uh, reinforcing their own propaganda. And besides, this country is based on you know, freedom and individual rights, which uh, makes any such seditious conspiracy what it is anyway, illegal. <laughs> so you know what? Uh, yeah. So just stay away from us. Leave us alone. But I found a bunch of conspiracies, uh, the, the, the white supremacist conspiracy, the FBI supremacy, the illegal alien supremacy, and the global, globalist supremacy. But I can't fit all that into a title. 
So I wrote Seditious Conspiracy, White FBI Illegals, Globalist Supremacy. Excuse me. Um, so just, uh, you know, I mean, that's how we've been doing it. This is like our third day on this. It's kind of like the weekly theme. So I have a bunch of news. And I thought, all I've got is a bunch of news. There's, there's no, you know, inherent, there's, there's no uh, interlocking, connecting theme. And then I thought, yeah, there is. <laughs> that's what I came up. Went back to my, my standby for this week's seditious conspiracy. Um, one of the, uh, the big events uh, of overturning the, the seditious conspiracy of the deep state, of the overturned election uh, by uh, Brandon and crew that actually stole the election, um, is the uh, the whistleblowers? The whistleblowers are coming before uh, Congress today. The the House Weaponization Committee, uh, House Judiciary Committee Weaponization Subcommittee. Uh, they're going to start actually in an hour, and so I'll be looking at a, a tape delay. I'll be kind of reviewing it, so you can listen here live and then go there. Um, but uh, or if you if you uh, um, go there first, then then come back here for your podcast. But either way, uh, I think they're both uh, valuable, and I'll be certainly checking into. Uh, uh, that and catching up. I, I can't do like Steve Bannon and simulcast, and I, I don't have staff for all that. You know, it's just me. But um, all these things are are um, are possible one day when we get to our own website and broadcast that way. Um, so so what's so what's with the whistleblowers? Well, let me say about whistleblowers in general. A whistleblower is somebody that recognizes there is a great evil uh, going on. Uh, in a corporation or in a government agency, and they want to do something about it, but they don't want to lose their job in the process. So whistleblowers literally blowing the whistle on something. So I imagine it goes back to uh, the police when they carried whistles before they had, you know, instant communication and, uh, you know, phones on their shoulder and the, and the whole bit. Um, but in the old days, you know, you, the, you see the police blowing a whistle. Well, that would alert other police who used to walk a beat. You know, so they're all walking, you know, in various places, and they could uh, probably hear uh, that uh, whistle, you know, a couple blocks away, and the next cop would run over, and they'd blow a whistle, and the next cop would run over, and away you go. Pretty soon, you know, you've accomplished the same thing as a, as a radio call. <laughs> in fact, I think I still call police cars in New York radio cars, you know, because it goes back to like 100 years ago. Um, anyway, but it's just interesting that, uh, that a whistleblower is someone that blows the whistle on somebody. So it is an old expression, even though we don't use whistles so much anymore. Uh, unless you're on a football field, the referee or something like that. Um, but they deserve protection because usually what happens is uh, people are more loyal to a company or a government agency uh, that is engaged in criminal activity or corrupt activity or just general stupidity. Uh, people are much more loyal to that uh, than they are to fixing the problem. And so companies themselves will go to great lengths to maintain a stupid policy, an illegal policy, a corrupt policy, a dangerous policy, uh, then change it and make the company better, the product better, you know, and anything else. Because loyalty, blind loyalty, misplaced loyalty is more important than solving the problem, uh, except to the whistleblowers. So the whistleblowers come along and say, wait a minute, you know, the, the first thing they do is they, uh, uh, they'll say, well, uh, let's take a typical example. The, the Ford Pinto is one of the best ones. So Ford, in their intimate, uh, unlimited, what's the word I'm trying to, not intimate, the, in their in, I don't know, ultimate stupidity um, and uh, just absolute corruption, um, the Ford Pinto was a car that exploded if it was hit, um, if it was hit right, because what happened was a car would impact the rear bumper, the bumper would then bend, it would crash into the fuel tank, the fuel tank would leak, the fuel would spray onto the hot exhaust pipe, and the fuel would explode, and people in the backseat were killed. And Ford... The bean counters, uh, they figured out that, um, that the lawsuits from the people that were killed would amount to less money spent than it would have cost them you know, $9 per car to move the fuel tank you know, forward a few inches so that when the bumper bent, it wouldn't hit the fuel tank. That was their calculation. And so that is uh, – and whistleblowers said, no, you can't do that. You're going to kill people. 
and you know Ford. And this is a documented case. I'm not just you know picking on Ford here, but um, that's why you don't see Pintos around anymore, right? Um, but that but that's what happened. In fact, I, I just find it I find it rather shattering or, or shocking to think that I actually rode around in a Pinto in the back seat uh, for quite a while. It was rented. You know, my family when we visited the United States, I was living in Australia at the time, 1970. We drove all over Vancouver uh, in a Pinto. And guess who was in the back seat? Me. <laughs> Great, right? So anyway, so it's uh, there, but for the grace of God. But you know, we weren't rear-ended, and I was fine. But you never know. Anyway, so they they made the calculation, and there were whistleblowers at Fort. Uh, I'm sure I don't. I can't think of anybody offhand. But a whistleblower would have said, "No, you can't do that," and they would have gone to their boss. And the boss would have said, shut up and do your job, and uh, you know, the, the experts will take care of it. The, they, they know better than you do. Well, apparently they didn't in this case, right? And, and who's to say the experts aren't lying or corrupt or otherwise uh, have problems? They may know more, but they still may be wrong. Um, there was a, 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 the, the elite uh, congressional globalist heir to the Levi Strauss fortune uh, was talking about um, the town hall. And you see this on the news. I've forgotten his name. Uh, Jorge Vieras, I'm not sure if it's like, I could probably get in there wrong. Anyways, senior town hall writer. So he's been covering TFM and Black Lives Matter, the most, most violent terrorist groups in the country today. And what happened was this, this congressperson said, well, the FBI head uh, says that, uh, and, you know, Black Lives Matter, it says Antifa is just an idea. It's not a real thing. Well, there, there are videos that prove otherwise, right? This guy's an idiot. And he says, Do you, you know, why, why would we take the word of a, of a journalist over, over the head of the FBI? Well, because the head of the FBI is corrupt and has an agenda and lies, you know, so people, the, the cult of the expert, somehow the left thinks that if you quote an expert, and I'm sure Chris Ray is an expert in corruption and decadence and debauchery and uh, criminal activity and, and cover-ups. And I mean, he's, he's, he's a great at and lying, you know, lying like a psychopath. I mean, I'm sure he's very much an expert in those things. It doesn't make him right. You know, so that just because somebody's an expert doesn't make them right, and doesn't mean they can't lie. And of course, that'd be my if I were that uh, journalist, I would and say, well, you know, you can't believe this person. You know, of course, they didn't, he didn't ask him a question. Then a congressman later uh, asked him a question, and you know, let him explain. And he said, well, the, the answer is very simple: the expert. Just because somebody's an expert, you know, doesn't mean they can't lie. Doesn't mean they can't be wrong. Uh, doesn't mean they don't have a hidden agenda. Uh, doesn't mean a lot of things. I mean, so by vir- an ex- by virtue of an expert, doesn't mean what they say is correct. Not to, they, you know, uh, they still may still be an expert, but they may be an expert at lying. You know, there's a, there's a bunch of different reasons for experts. Anyway, so the whistleblowers uh, in the FBI's work is really interesting because the FBI whistleblowers are the ones that were investigating Hunter Biden, and they've all been pulled off the case. Uh, so that was a that was a big. So the Department of Justice, in an illegal action, took a Hunter Biden investigation from the IRS, another department, you know, completely separate. I think in the Treasury. Uh, completely separate from the Department of Justice, overruled them and, and pulled all their investigators. I don't think they can do that. Uh, I'm sure there's something in the Administrative Procedures Act that, uh, you know, and, and the independence of one government agency from another, another agency can't tell, you know, a different agency what they can't investigate, especially the IRS comes to something like Hunter Biden. And again, the interesting information on Hunter Biden is coming out because of his divorce cases and child support, because they're making him declare his income, something that the, uh, the gelding Congress has, has not done yet. And so it's, it's very interesting to see what's going on. I've got articles on that, so we'll get to that in a, in a little bit. But there's a bunch of things, you know, where, where this, you know, supremacy uh, is causing some, some huge problems. Uh, and this is one where we have the intelligence community supremacy. And it's time to get the church hearings again. You know, Frank Church was a, uh, a Democrat, you know, a member of Congress from Iowa. 
And back in, I think it was 1975, I was looking at one of the hearings today. So 1975, Frank Church, you know, gets up and talks about the NSA uh, and the CIA and the FBI spying domestically, something they're, they're not supposed to do. You know, we don't mind them spying on the rest of the world, but you don't spy on us. You know, and, of course, I love when the government or anybody says, well, if you've got nothing to hide, you know, you have nothing to worry about. I said, well, that's not the question. The question is, do they have anything to prove? I don't have to worry about uh, me. I, you know, they have to worry about being able to prove something. Until then, I'm innocent. I'm innocent until they're proven guilty. So uh, I, I can carry on my normal life. And whether I have anything to hide or not is, is my business. You know, it's called privacy. So I have lots of things to hide. You know, my bank account, my uh, personal financial information, uh, you know, my, my most inner deep thoughts. You know, that kind of, I can hide anything I want. You know, it's called privacy. So everybody has something to hide um, because you don't want the government snooping. The, the question is whether the government has a right to look at what you have, not without due process. That's called search and seizure. You know, the, the whole point of uh, the Bill of Rights, you know, uh, half of them, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh, is dedicated to the rights of the accused. Why? Because it's not a question of, uh, you know, it's what the government thinks you have to hide, you know, that, uh, that they go after you for. Well, they can't do that. They have to actually have evidence. They have to have due process. They have to have, you know, probable cause. There are standards to protect people from unreasonable searches and seizures. Well, what, what, what makes a search unreasonable? Well, back in uh, when the time this was written, unreasonable meant uh, they, they, had, they didn't have the reason to do the search. In other words, they didn't have a warrant. So the warrant from a judge signed is the reason to do a search. Now, today that's been kind of twisted around because people think unreasonable means it's not, it's not rational. It's, there's no intellectual basis for it. You know, they, they, they can't do it because it's, uh, you know, it doesn't make sense. That's not what the word means. That's not what unreasonable means. Unreasonable means there is no reason. And the reason, the justification, is like there's no justification. And the justification is a warrant. So what the Fourth Amendment should say is that, you know, warrantless searches and seizures are illegal instead of uh, unreasonable. Um, but uh, it's not unreasonable. It's unreasoned. Or, well, anyway, you, you get what I'm getting at. All right. Let me get to uh, some articles here. Uh, and the first one, of course, is on the FBI whistleblowers because that's what's happening. So there is a hearing today. It's going to be massive. And it's going to be very interesting, and I'll be uh, tuning in, probably reporting on it tomorrow. So let's talk about uh, the Geller Report. And so Pamela Geller is someone I've been trying to get on the show since I started. Um, Hadn't been yet, but, you know, you never know. And she has a report, and this is from May 15th, so three days ago. Weaponized FBI's abuse of power. Three whistleblowers, and of course they're going to be uh, in the hearing today, expose how Bureau inflated domestic extremism stats and prioritized January 6th defendants over child predators in bombshell hearing. So that's what's going on. So, so the FBI under the, the DOJ, under Merrick Garland, uh, who's basically set up a KGB in our government, um, are going after all the wrong things. And this is why the title of the show is what the title of the show is. And so I think I forgot J6. Did I include? I guess we did that yesterday. So white supremacy, FBI supremacy, J6 you know, illegality, illegal aliens, globalist supremacy, the whole bit. So we're just going to have a, uh, like I say, a smorgasbord uh, of, uh, of supremacist conspiracies today. And that's what's going on. All right, let's see what she says. And so there's the summary. I'm going to pass that by. It says, it's a bloody coup by the very worst elements of American political life. Make no mistake, we've been overthrown. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so there's an article. You can listen to the three minutes of the article. I'm not going to play it on the air. Uh, it's copyright stuff. Um, and I, I, well, I don't think I could do it anyway. So that's them too. You'll notice that uh, I give quote for all my sources. And I also don't play a lot of uh, musical things. All, all the music used on this show is non-copyright music. And that's how I can do it. So all the music for the themes, all the music for the intros, all the music for the commercials, everything that we do here, that's non-copyright music. 
So I, I, uh, that's, that's a paid service to get that, too. So just in case anybody's wondering, are you stealing information? No, I'm not. I, I stand by my principles, just in case you're wondering. All right. So uh, let's see if we can get to. So uh, here, are the, here are the highlights. Uh, of this of this hearing, Representative Jim Jordan secured the in-person testimony of former FBI officials Garrett O'Boyle. Well, oh, shout out to Garrett O'Boyle. He's Irish. Oh, we've got to have a good view. Top of the morning to you, O'Boyle. This should be an interesting to hear. So we've got Garrett O'Boyle, we've got Steve Friend, and Marcus Allen, all uh, who have been suspended for vocalizing concerns. See, that's what happens. See, a whistleblower is generally fired, persecuted. Uh, or worse, <laughs> you know, uh, injured, uh, killed, <laughs> you know, I mean, different things happen to whistleblowers. Uh, Aaron Brockovich was a whistleblower, um, you know, and then she was an investigator and, uh, you know, she got into law and everything else like that. But she, I think she originally worked for a company that was uh, thrown out hazardous uh, waste. Um, so the whistleblower, who's some of the famous whistleblowers I can think of? Anyway, these are people that um, John Dean, <laughs> there's a whistleblower from the Watergate hearings just laid out the whole thing, you know, and G. Gordon Liddy, who I actually met, you know, back in San Francisco and I listened to his show. He endorsed my book, uh, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. So he read it. So it's interesting. This is my, my contact with G. Gordon Liddy. I met some interesting people. It's really kind of fun. Radio's great. You meet all kinds of folks. Anyway, um, but uh, so John Dean was the whistleblower of Watergate. He just laid out everything. And uh, so we need a John Dean now. We need a, a John Dean in the government uh, of the deep. We need a deep state John Dean to just come out there and just lay out the whole thing. This is where they abuse power. These are the people that did it. Here's what they did, you know, and then give them uh, witness protection and put them on, uh, you know, put them in Zanzibar or Sri Lanka or, you know, someplace, you know, Corfu, <laughs> the place where it'd be harder to find them. Of course, everything's global now. It's kind of tough. Anyway, so whistleblowers uh, in the FBI, uh, the FBI being an extremist um, security agency, much like the KGB now, who knows what would happen to these people? You know, who knows what will happen to me one day, you know, or any, any of us broadcasters out here or Pamela Geller or all the folks that are uh, broadcasting. You know, uh, the reason we, we do this as much as possible is so that we don't end up in the FBI gulag, <laughs> you know, because hopefully the, the public uh, persona will have some kind of protection for us. But whistleblowers are protected. So in other words, if someone gets whistleblower status, that means they're complaining about their company or government agency, usually government agency, uh, and that uh, the government agency can't touch them because they're, they're being protected. They're, they're like a protected witness, you know, because they're trying to fix something. They're the, they're the do-gooders. They're the people that are doing the right thing, whereas the entire rest of the company or agency uh, is trying to suppress the truth, trying to keep going with the corruption. In other words, committing a crime that they know is, is horrible, but they don't care because they're more loyal to, to the organization uh, than they are to the truth and to uh, helping people. Anyway, so the next part here, the witnesses will detail on Thursday, that's today, how they have been retaliated against by the FBI for speaking out. See, that's illegal because they're whistleblowers, all right? So there is a Whistleblower Protection Act. But as I learned when I wrote uh, a Veteran Affairs um, Whistleblower Protection Act to actually protect them from uh, the Veteran Affairs, Veteran uh, Department of Veterans Affairs, you know, Whistleblower Act, which was terrible. It actually allowed the Veterans Affairs to prosecute the whistleblowers, um, that uh, the laws don't always protect them. And people don't always follow, follow the laws that do protect them. Anyway, so it says the, F, the officials say the FBI has inflated statistics on, quote, domestic violent extremism. In other words, they lied to fit the Biden administration's political narratives. Oh, yeah. So I, I posted on Facebook yesterday that uh, Biden is a, uh, a white supremacist for, for a couple of reasons. One, he's white. Two, he believes in his own supremacy. Right. He believes in the supremacy to bring international law over the United States, to issue mandates that are unconstitutional, to be in government that he stole. He's the ultimate supremacist in the country today. And the fact that he's white makes him a white supremacist. So let me state for the record, Joseph Biden 
is a white supremacist because he's white and he believes in supremacy for himself and for the rest of the deep state. I guess that would make Barack Obama a white supremacist too. Huh. I'll have to think about that one. Anyway, um, so that's what's going on. So, so this, this whole – we're going to get another article on white supremacy in a bit. I mean this, everything seems to tie together. I, I was thinking of playing a, uh, a WEBY classic interview, but I may not because I've got a lot to talk about. So, you know. But I talk so fast, I can actually get a lot of stuff in uh, in a short period of time. That's how that goes. All right. So here we have some uh, background. Uh, Kelly Laco, L-A-C-O, DailyMail.com, 15th of May, so three days ago. Three FBI officials will testify on alleged abuses of power by FBI leadership, ranging from discrimination against conservatives to inflation of domestic terrorism statistics during a public whistleblower hearing by the House Select Committee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government. And that's uh, Daily Mail reported that. And uh, I think, what is it? Daily Caller's. Tucker's organization is Daily Signal, Daily Mail, Daily Caller. Daily Mail, I believe, is British. <laughs> That's a foreign source, so it's probably more accurate than ours. Then it says, Representative Jim Jordan, the top Republican on the House Judiciary Committee and head of the Select Committee, has secured the in-person testimony of suspended FBI Special Agents Garrett O'Boyle, Steve Friend, as well as former FBI State Operations Specialist Marcus Allen. The president of Empower Oversight, uh, Tristan Levitt, will also be testifying. And power oversight, yeah. And there's something that's the, that uh, I've been um, talking about for a while now. And Chris Ray does it all the time. Well, that's an ongoing investigation to which the, the, the members of Congress, the gelding old party, the GOP, says, well, okay, I guess I can't ask you about that. No, the proper response is we have oversight over ongoing investigations too. Answer the damn question. You can't get out of answering a question because you've got an ongoing investigation. Why should, why should we wait, if I was speaking as a member of Congress, why should we wait till an investigation is over when we can fix something while it's still going on? So the idea that something can't be talked about because it's an ongoing investigation is ludicrous. We'll say, well, we don't want to give away uh, you know, information to the bad folks. Well, the evidence is the evidence. <laughs> you know? uh, and besides, what if the investigation is totally corrupt? What if you're investigating people, January 6th people, because you want to, because you want to terrorize them? Well, that's an ongoing investigation, but it has, that one has to be stopped. So the idea that you can't have oversight over an ongoing investigation is ludicrous. Those are the ones you want the most because they're ongoing. Those are the ones that have to have oversight. They have to be able to ask about them. And what's the other one? Oh, it goes to sources and methods. We can't reveal our sources and methods. Okay, we're not asking you to reveal your sources and methods, but tell us generally what you're doing. And uh, maybe their methods should be revealed, you know, depending on what you're doing. But sources, I, I don't want people killed because their sources, their, the names are revealed. But sometimes they hide names that should be revealed. Lieutenant Michael uh, J. Byrd that uh, shot and killed and uh, murdered Ashley Babbitt. His name was kept secret for a long time. That was a source. Why not reveal that? Eric Chiramella, the famous whistleblower. Oh, we can't name the whistleblower. First thing I would have done in Congress is name the whistleblower. Oh, Eric Chiramella, is that the person you can't name? Oh, okay, I won't mention Eric Chiramella's name. That's how I would have done it. Well, I'll never be in Congress. <laughs> Besides, it's more fun to do it here. Um, I just couldn't stand the meetings. They drive me crazy. I, I will not. You know, the, the, in fact, the best way to listen to a hearing is not to listen to it while it's live, because then you have to listen to Democrats. The best way to listen to a hearing is to wait until it's over, get a, uh, a video of it, YouTube, Rumble, whichever's carrying it, uh, and then just skip over the Democrats. <laughs> just listen to the Republicans. In fact, if the Republican Party were smart, uh, they'd actually give out videos with just the Republicans on it. Save us all the trouble. Um, and that'd be good. So the Republican, you know, and you could do it. Say, look, we just, well, we just did it for the Republican Party. We just, uh, you know, we, we just edited out the Democrats, which I think would be hysterical, <laughs> you know, uh, and that'd be the one worth listening to. 
Anyway, I think a lot more people would listen to it uh, if that were the case. Then in the last part of the article says, well, last part of the DailyMail.com, according to the notes from the interview, the former agent specifically expressed concerns with instructions from FBI leadership that they focus on pursuing domestic violent extremism. That means going after white people, white Christian males. Uh, probes and disregard standard investigative procedures in January 6 cases. Yeah, so there's, so in other words, so basically the investigation's rigged. It's completely rigged. We know that. All right. Then it says the hearing is set to be held 9 a.m. Thursday, uh, Eastern time, so that's 8 o'clock Central time, so that's in 35 minutes. Don't leave. We got things to talk about anyway. Uh, and we focus on abuses of. Okay. In addition, the officials told the committee that they were in to pursue January 6th investigations over child sex crimes because they were, quote, no longer a priority. Yeah, don't worry about the, the child sex trafficking. Don't worry about that. Just go after people that uh, walk through the Capitol building with a self-invitation or being pushed by the Capitol Hill police. Oh, that's a much greater priority. Anyway, the manipulative case file practice creates false and misleading crime statistics con- constituting false official federal statements. Basically, they're lying before Congress. Now, the FBI has lied to Congress, and that's a crime. We shall see. We shall see what happens with that. All right. Let me see what we've got here now. Let's, uh, let's, let's go talk about the, the, the biggest thing that uh, the government's going after, the white supremacists. Next on our list. So I've got an article, article here. Uh, from I found this from Robert Spencer, Jihad Watch. Uh, the Myth of White Supremacy. It's actually written by Daniel Greenfield yesterday, May 17th. I'll get to that. In just, I'm going to be a little bit. I'm going to shorter commercials, more breaks you know, between articles. So we kind of uh, get kind of a balance here. It is now 725, and I'll be right back. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive, conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stars Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stars Automotive. I go there. You should, too.
Joe Biden's dark winter. No freedom, no liberty, no guns, no representation, no oil, no coal, no nuclear power, no space force, no constitution, no family gatherings, no vacations, just taxes, work, misery, masks, lockdowns, and ever more government. This is what will happen if you let Marxists steal the election. This has been a public service announcement of Action Radio, reminding you it's time to get off your butt and save your country. Action Radio. Dangerously cool. So does anybody see the irony in, in the ultimate uh, supremacist, you know, Brandon, head of a tyrannical government that uh, stole the election, uh, talking about other people being white supremacists? <laughs> I just think it's kind of funny. Um, but uh, this is great. I love this topic because it's so funny. Uh, this is where it would be a great time for, for Warren of uh, Wake Up New Orleans um, to, uh, or New Orleans Wake Up to, to uh, text in some stuff here at, at live chat um, because he, he absolutely believes in white supremacy. Um, and it's really kind of funny. So I could say, well, you know, if you're not white, you can't use the term white supremacy um, because, first of all, you're not white, so you have no idea what it's like to be white. And therefore, if you say white supremacy, if you're a person of color uh, to us non-color folks, then uh, you're a racist. <laughs> I mean, I could say that real easily. It's kind of fun, actually. So I love playing these games uh, with this stuff because it really is a game. And so the, uh, you know, I would answer to folks that are asking, well, or, or anybody that says, well, white supremacy is a, is a dangerous crime. Really? So, so, so name the last act of white supremacy. You know, Charlottesville. No, that was not uh, white supremacy. That was two left-wing groups going at each other. You know, and what is white supremacy? Uh, well, if, it's, it's really a belief, but uh, in terms of a crime, uh, I mean, those are, those are white people. And what is white supremacy? Those are white people that believe that white people are supreme. Okay. Well, there are black people that believe black people are supreme. Uh, there are, uh, you know, all kinds of folks, Jews that believe Jews are supreme. <laughs> you know, I mean, everybody's got the group that believes that they are supreme. You know, uh, America has a, has a supremacy belief. We believe in American exceptionalism. That is a supremacist belief. We believe that we are supreme over other countries because of our freedoms and our individual rights. That is a supremacist belief. We supreme just means you are you are better than or over you know or more powerful or whatever it is. You know, let's look, let's look up supreme. Let's look up what it really means here. So so in other words, but is it a crime? Uh, is the belief a crime? No, you, you can't make thought a belief. That's like saying racism. You know, people are racist all over the world. Is that a crime? No. You know, they can believe what they want to believe. Uh, now, if you discriminate someone based on their race, that's a crime. So the, so the real crime is in the action. Uh, the neo-Nazi leftist groups uh, like the Aryan Brotherhood and, uh, you know, some of the other folks and the American Nazi Party and things like that. So real Nazis. Uh, leftist Nazis, because all Nazis are leftists, right, uh, that believe that uh, Jews should be exterminated still, and they believe that uh, people of color should be, you know, sent, to, quote, back. You know, people are born here for generations, right, sent back. Yeah, okay, fine. Why don't we send you back? Let's send you back to, to where the Nazis originated, Germany. <laughs> you know, sorry, Germany. Uh, it's an unfortunate past. Let's send all the communists back to Russia. You know, that would take out about a third of San Francisco, which is of Russian descent. Now, did they have anything to do with communism? No, they probably fled it. Just like Germans who came here from, from uh, you know, hundreds of years ago were, were fleeing what was in Germany. The British who came here were fleeing what was happening in Britain because their governments were supremacist. The king of England, you know, the kings of England have been horrible supremacists. 
And they're white people <laughs> over other white people. It's kind of interesting. All right, so let's look up Supreme. Supreme. We have Supreme Court. So is that a supremacist? Yes, it is. The Supreme Court is supreme over the inferior courts. Supreme, adjective, of authority or an office or someone holding it superior to others. In other words, or here's another one, strongest, most important, or most powerful. Yeah, makes sense. Very great or intense. How about Diana Ross and the Supremes? Were they better than other groups? Yeah, sure were. <laughs> so much for punk. No, I'm just kidding. Noun, also supreme, a rich cream sauce. <laughs> okay, that's a different That's not where we're going here. Uh, uh, supreme. Uh, of, a, of a penalty uh, or sacrifice involving death. Uh, so the supreme sacrifice, yeah, that's a good use of it. Uh, post-positive, used to indicate that someone or something is very good at or well-known for a specified activity. Uh, here was the gift, supreme. All right, so, so who, is, who is your supremacist guitar player? <laughs> okay, you know, Jimi Hendrix or Jimmy Page. Okay, so, that, you know, so, that, so supreme. So is, is, if something is supreme over something else, I would say that predators are supreme over prey. Uh, the prey don't seem to do as well against the predators. I don't see the prey attacking the predators, although it can't happen. Um, but uh, yeah, so so so. But white supremacy, you know, that's defined as the you know the belief that that uh, white folks have that they are supreme over other folks. Okay, well that's just stupid, first of all. Um, but secondly, it's not illegal. All right, any more than black supremacy thought is is not illegal. Now, when Black Lives Matter, it makes white people bow down to them and uh, and and pledge their heart, mind, and soul to Black Lives Matter in a, in a force of an assault. Of a, of, a, of a extortion coercion, that's where the problem is. And that's black supremacy. Okay, so there's supremacy everywhere. If you have a riotous mob that that kills you, they are supreme over you because they killed you. If you don't believe as they believe, all right. So it happens everywhere. But uh, this this demon, this demonization that somehow uh, that there's a problem of white supremacy. Okay, let's talk about places in the world where there was white supremacy. Um, so, um, I go back to Nazi Germany. All right, uh, the, the Nazis. Which, is, which are despised now in Germany today. So just to make that clear. Uh, in fact, when I went there, it's interesting. When I went to Germany uh, in the 80s, and we have listeners in Germany, but when I went there, people are marvelous, by the way. Germans are fabulous. Uh, they're just an, an amazing group of people. Um, but anyway, when I went there, uh, it's like, you know, here I am, like 22 years old, and I want to go visit Dachau, uh, the concentration camp, and I'm in Munich. How do I ask people in Germany about that kind of a past? Because I don't want to do it, but I still want to go. Uh, and I remember a guy with beard, German, talked to him. He says, I'll tell you where it is, but I'm not going there. And I thought, and this, can, I, can, I, can I broach this subject with him? I said, okay, um, may I ask you why you don't want to go there or haven't been there? He says, I know about it, but I don't have to see it. I know about it. I know what happened. I acknowledge it. It's, it was real. But, you know, he was horrified that his own countrymen would do that kind of thing. I understand that feeling. You know, I'm not thrilled with slavery. And, you know, and I'm a naturalized American, you know, but it had nothing to do with it. Uh, I'm not really thrilled with segregation, yet our country did that. Uh, I'm pretty horrified by what this country did to uh, American Indians. And then before that, what Americans did to each other. But, uh, you know, I mean, it, there's a lot of really bad things that happen in history. Um, but that's, that's what happens. So you study and learn from it. You don't do it again. All right. So back to white supremacy. How would, that, how would the crime of white supremacy be any different than any other crime? So think about it. If there's someone, you know, if they, if someone says, you know, I'm a white supremacist and I don't want, you know, X race around, and they start doing violence upon that race or kill somebody of that that race, is that an act of white supremacy? Well, it's either murder or assault. So anything that could be done by a quote white supremacist is already covered by law. So there's no reason for the FBI to do it unless it's political intimidation. Of course, that's what this gets down to. So what this is really is about is political intimidation. So what they're really saying, white supremacy is code for you know, white Christian men, 
That's what this is code for. And so they are, so, so the government has a supremacy problem uh, over white Christian men because they, they want to basically exterminate, uh, disempower, or otherwise regulate, control, or take away everything from white Christian men. And that would include me. Okay. You know, like the show, that's why we're so censored. You know, so the, so the supremacy is actually, so it's really government supremacy. So the government is exercising supremacy over me. Big tech is, is exercising supremacy over me illegally in both cases. My First Amendment rights are completely trashed because my show is censored. Okay. So who can actually carry out white supremacy when you think about it on a mass scale? Well, only government. All right, now, people can, can kill other people, assault other people, steal their stuff. They can do all kinds of things. And you can blame it on a, on a hate crime or differences in race, but, but really, those crimes are already covered because murder, assault, theft, extortion, carjacking, kidnapping, all the things you can think of are already illegal. So the fact that you add white supremacy or a hate crime onto it really doesn't do anything because those things are already illegal. So that's not what the problem is. What's the problem with white supremacy? It's when government gets involved. And what are the ways that government can exercise supremacy over, uh, over a minority group? Uh, yeah, that's right. White people, white Christian men are a minority group. We, we are. Okay. The fact that we invent most of the things out there <laughs> doesn't seem to stop anybody. Anyway, um, so how they do that, uh, the ways that governments can exercise supremacy uh, is mass, mass extermination um, or mass incarceration, like gulags. Uh, Soviet labor camps, things like that. So the, so the leftists, which always do this kind of stuff, uh, communists, fascists, socialists, Nazis, any of those governments exercise supremacy by either um, kill people or lock them up. That's supremacy. That's the real supremacy. So a white supremacist government would be one that either kills or incarcerates in large numbers other people different than themselves. The Chinese are Chinese supremacists, absolutely. Look at the Tibetans and look at the Uyghurs. Look at any minority in China. You know, the Chinese, are China, the Chinese Communist Party is a supremacist party. Those are Chinese supremacists. They're even supremacists over their own people. Those people have no rights. They're completely subject to the Chinese Communist Party. So you want to talk about supremacy? Look to China. Let me get to the article here. So I found this. Uh, anyways, Daniel Greenfield, uh, picked up by Robert Spencer of Jihad Watch, uh, May 17th, who says, the largest mob lynching uh, in the South was of Italians. This is probably news to a lot of you. It was news to me when I read it last night. The largest mob lynching in the South was of Italians. The 1891 lynching of 11 Italians in New Orleans after a roundup of more than 1,000 Italians grew out of an internal conflict among Louisiana Democrats and was praised by progressives of the era. So don't forget, you're, you're segregationists, you're, you're slavists, your new confederacy, the Democrat Party is the new confederacy. They've always been the party of slavery. They've always been the party of oppression. They've always been the party against civil rights. They've always been the party of supremacy. Always. It's never changed. It's just as true today. They divide people in different groups and exercise supremacy over them. Who do you think is exercising supremacy over uh, January 6th uh, cell phone holders? The Democrats. And who's letting them do it? The gilding Republicans. Same old pattern. Hey, Pianchi. Pianchi's on the line. I'll get to him in a bit. Uh, article says, these sneaking and cowardly Sicilians, the descendants of bandits and assassins. Oh, there's their supremacy, right? What, what a prejudice. The New York Times editorial board rails. You see the New York Times saying this? Yeah, I can. These sneaking and cowardly Sicilians. See, the Italians were, were uh, treated as, uh, you know, it was the Italians, then it was the Irish uh, uh, and blacks in the South. They all have the same treatment, okay? Race, racism or bigotry. And so uh, in New York, the Sullivan Laws were laws that prevented the Irish from owning guns. 
Why? Because the New York New York folks hated the Irish. <laughs> they just did. You know, I didn't think much of the Italians either, apparently. Now, of course, they dominate both cities. It's really kind of funny. So it says the New York, New York Times editorial board, well, slow down, Greg. The New York Times editorial board railed. Lynch law was the only course open to the people of New Orleans. Lynch law, they're actually justifying it by calling lynchings a law. Future governor, Louisiana, slow down, Greg. Future Louisiana governor, John M. Parker, who helped organize the lynchings, described Italians as just a little worse than the Negro, being, if anything, fear in habits, lawless and treacherous. Well, it's interesting to note that uh, Italians are, are lower than Negroes. <laughs> And they actually said this, right? This is fascinating language. Then it says Columbus Day was created as a quasi-apology to Italian-Americans for the lynchings, which held only until Democrat identity politics began, began tearing down statues of the Italian explorer. Interesting. The myth of white supremacy is a story retroactively invented during the civil rights movement. The KKK, which we all know is a Democrat organization, Democrat Party-sponsored military organization, replaced by Antifa and Black Lives Matter today. That's not in the article. That's me. The article says the KKK targeted Catholics and Jews. It hailed the, quote, Anglo-Saxon white male rather than viewing skin color as the only thing that mattered. The black and white view of history in which bigotry was as binary as 1950s drinking fountains in Alabama reflected only a very brief reality during a decade or two in which the Irish, Italians, and Jews had come to be accepted. An era of growing tolerance for minorities was ironically the prerequisite for both the widespread acceptance of the civil rights movement and the distortions of civil rights history that we are dealing with today. So think back to Ellis Island, early 1900s. Who came into this country? Uh, Italians, Greeks, uh, Jews, uh, Irish, uh, different immigrant groups came in. Uh, and if you looked at New York, New York City outside Ellis Island, you had a Jewish ghetto, you had an Italian ghetto, uh, you probably had a black ghetto. You had uh, different ghettos that you would not consider. Now we still have the black ghettos. Um, but uh, other groups, have, have, you know, then, you, then the next groups that came in, who else came in? Cubans, you know, Miami. Uh, Vietnamese boat people in the, in the 60s and 70s. Um, so different groups have come in, and there have been you know, ghettos for various nations, but they grow out of them. Uh, it's only, this, America's unique in, in having you know, black inner city uh, ghettos called inner cities to this day. That's a tragedy, but we'll talk about that uh, uh, a little bit. I want to deal with more white supremacy today. Um, in fact, I've I got accused of that. You know, who is it? Yeah, yeah um, Warren accused me of that just the other day. It's really kind of funny. The article says white supremacy was a myth born out of a more tolerant era in which prejudice toward black people briefly became the most defining form of bigotry, one that most people quickly rejected. Yeah, white supremacy is white bigotry. If you call someone a white supremacist because you want to get a political objective, you're the bigot. You're the supremacist. Uh, and that goes for anybody of any race, who, even white people who call white people white supremacists. Uh, you're just as bigoted as white people that call the Irish who are white. You know, uh, all the things that they were called. Paddy wagon. You know the term paddy wagon? You know what that means? That's, that's, the, that's the police wagon that was sent out to arrest the drunken Irish. Paddy wagon is a derogatory term. If you Welsh on a bet, that's a derogatory term against the Welsh. Because what you're saying is that the Welsh don't, are, are not honorable people. They do not uh, pay their debts. That's where that comes from. If you gyp somebody, G-Y-P, if you gyp somebody, that's derogatory against gypsies. In other words, they say all gypsies cheat people. So all the words in our language that we've incorporated, you know, you can't say the N-word, but you can say you can gyp somebody. You can say uh, uh, you, you can send out the paddy wagon. You can say all these different things. You can say you're Welshing on a bet. Uh, and that's okay because those are white people. 
<laughs> so that's how it happens. Back to the article. Baby boomers, the most influential generation in history, mistook their youthful experiences for absolute reality. Knowing nothing of history and caring even less, they used their vast cultural powers to make the 60s into the ground zero of American history. In other words, that's where it all started. Generations have grown up with their ahistorical view of, quote, white supremacy encoded in education and entertainment. The myth of white supremacy has divided Americans into an artificial racial binary created by the aftermath of the civil rights movement. The descendants of Italians, Irish, and Jews who faced persecution and lynchings are denounced for their, quote, white privilege. There's another racist term. Historical revisionism has become even more grandiose with attempts like the 1619 Project to define all of American history around the racial binary. Critical race theory insists that the racial binary is inescapable. The racial binary denies the oppression of anyone who can be seen as white. In an extreme example, Whoopi Goldberg sneered that the Holocaust was white people doing it to white people. Reminds me of my January white sale. <laughs> anyway, she says, y'all go fight amongst yourselves. Oh, that's okay, right? So, so in other words, you know, uh, white supremacy. Well, Hitler was a white supremacist. But both Hitler and Mother Teresa were white people. See what they had in common? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> then it says, when the, when the racial binary is the only measure of prejudice, thousands of years of Jewish, Irish, Slavic, Catholic, Protestant, and other histories of persecution, oppression, and martyrdom are irrelevant because the participants are white. Outside the racial binary, no one else's oppression matters, and so no one else's history matters. Let's see much more of this. There's one get Pianchi in the line here in a bit. Yeah, there's more to it. This is quite a long article. Let me just hold it up there. And... Uh, you get the idea. I'm going to come back to other articles in a bit. Pianchi. So we've got um, FBI whistleblowers. We've got white supremacy. We've got a bunch of things on the table this morning. Good morning, sir. Well, you know, when you talk about whooping and juving, uh-huh. when somebody said you were Jew, that was from actual experience. When Michael Jackson had it in his phone, he was castrated. But uh, when Whoopi made the comment she did, with her privilege, she was allowed to, you know, continue on her position. Well, because she's a black woman, so she has privilege. She has media. She has uh, the, the, you know, wrong privilege. She can be wrong, and it's okay. Yeah, I've heard that. I've never, I've never, that's not a common expression that I've heard. Like to, to, there's a member of Congress who said to Jew down somebody. In other words, to, uh, uh, to negotiate. You know, uh, strongly and reduce the price well, because you're cheap. It used to be a common experience back days ago, and uh, there is such thing as white supremacy. When you look at it, see now as it became a political uh-huh. and, and racial term, but uh, right. economics, there is white supremacy to exist, and that should be the only one. If you don't like it, compete against it. Well, when you say white supremacy, uh, are you talking about a belief system or an action system? Because the belief, as we've talked, you and I have talked no, about this. Exactly. Fact, look at the, beliefs are okay. When you look at the faces you know. behind, uh-huh. when you look at the faces behind certain industries, offshore <laughs> oil well drilling, equity financing, uh, leverage buyouts, those faces are white. And if you want to be the faces of steel erection, the St. Louis and Midwest, Southern Illinois areas used to be white. And I came along with some others. Now, there is white supremacy, I mean, black supremacy in basketball and football. 
So when you're talking about supremacy, you're talking about supremacy of numbers, not supremacy of policy or, or subjugation of other people. That's what right. it sounds like. Okay, so let's, let's, make this, uh, let's, let's make that clear because when you say supremacy, you're saying that, that, that whites dominated construction. Now, did, did white people dominate steel construction to the exclusion of other races? Did they purposely keep out other races? Because that would be supremacy. Uh, and was that done economically well, or was they, that done by government well, policy? Other than business tactics, which is everybody experience, no matter what the color of your skin, there's mm-hmm. going to be business tactics that go on mm-hmm. that you're going to experience. That's, that's just, just competition. Uh, the way it is. Yeah. It's competition. Competition, yeah. and it's not, uh, what do you call it? One, It's not conspiracy. It's not sedition. But it's just competition. Well, there's this there's, there's lawful competition. And, uh, yeah, there's lawful doing and, that. Say that again. I'm sorry. Sedition. When you and your competitor sit down and conspire to fix prices. That's not sedition. That's uh, that's price fixing. I mean, you're, it's it's a it's a great thing. That's restraint of the market. That's a you know, and there are other things that are illegal competition. Yeah, like the term for it is not called price fixing. Well, it's not called sedition. I know. Yeah, monopoly capitalism. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But seditions refers to government. So it it refers to opposition to government. See, that's your that's your disadvantage of not being born here and going through some of these. Uh, uh, going through some of these trials and tribulations and being exposed to these things, if it was too. Well, and actually, I, not being born here I is an advantage in many ways. Experience. Yeah, but, it, but not being born here is an advantage because I can see Americans, you know, as as outside myself initially when I got here, I was an observer of this country, and so I was a Canadian Australian basically, uh, and so having been in other countries, I I see Americans how Americans see themselves in ways that Americans can't if they, unless they've lived outside the country. So in many ways, it's a tremendous advantage, but in other ways, it's a disadvantage, as you say, and I agree with it, because there's certain things I missed. But I've been here since 1972, and I got here during Watergate. <laughs> so I, I, think, I think I've got a, I've got a fair sample. Now, I missed the civil rights movement. You're absolutely right. Uh, I was in Canada and Australia when that was Well, Joe place. Biden and them is using the words as a political tool. <clears throat> yeah. And, and the idea of white supremacy does exist when you look at certain industries and so forth. And it is that way today. It's just uh, if you're going to build airplanes, it's not going to be a black company or the skin color. It's going to be either Boeing or uh, the company that's been around for a long time. Steam generators, mm-hmm. Westinghouse, Siemens. I mean, it's just it, uh, offshore oil well drilling. Uh, it used to be all white till Nigeria came on the scene. At yeah. one point, well, time, they control at least 20%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it makes sense that most companies, you know, big companies are, are, are predominantly, you know, white CEO and managed simply because most people in this country are, are white. So, you know, you look at other countries, you know, like how many, how many white-owned companies are in Nigeria? I would say very few. So it doesn't, you know, so it doesn't stop companies well, from forming white in Nigeria. Nigerians. What's that? You got Nigerians that's white. Do they own companies? Yes. Okay. So as long as there's not a barrier to entry. So see, the problem is, is, is when there's a barrier to entry. And I don't care who the company owner is. If see, today we don't have the same barriers to entry. They're usually economic, but they're not racial. So in other words, uh, who's, who's the uh, head of uh, uh, Black Entertainment Television? 
Now I think in Barry Gordy's Motown, but black entertainment television. So you got people that did extremely well. Um, there might have been barriers, there might have been prejudice to enter, but there weren't there weren't barriers that stopped them. You know, because they both accomplished some amazing black things. Black music uh, is it was black supremacy in music. The last yeah, how many white, how many white rappers even against one of the Osborns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think in terms of the Jackson 5 ran them out the block, out the neighborhood. Ran, ran who out? The Osbournes. Well, the, Os- the Osmond family? <laughs> yeah. See, see, I remember both of them. So, so when I was As a kid. Yeah. So, so when I was mm-hmm. a kid, there was the Jackson 5, and there was the Osmond brothers. And I think they both had five members. Can you, you know, I don't know if I can name them. Can you name the Jackson 5? <laughs> this is going to be fun. Let's have a little fun. Michael. Well, no, uh, yeah. Tito. You, you know, the main person in at that time was Michael. But when there was right. a competition of who's going to be in the top of the charts, mm-hmm. the Jackson Five just wiped them out. And well, every other song you heard on the news were yeah. that Jackson black supremacy. No, the music was better. I mean, the Osmonds were very, you know, white bread generic. They weren't doing anything well, really well, different than well, well, the Jackson Five well, was. Yeah. So why what? do they have the word white and white supremacy? Why do they just put uh, b- uh, brown hair and white supremacy? Yeah. Okay, so brown hair that's supremacy. A, now that's a great question because I wanted to bring it back to the government. So when the so when the government, the deep state, says white supremacy, what they're doing is the government is exercising supremacy over people. We know that that's what the government does. So we have an illegal government. We have an illegal president. We have a deep state that is arresting people and putting them in a gulag in D.C. I'm so glad everybody else is using the term D.C. gulag. We, we started using it pretty much after January 6th, you know, two years ago. Um, but uh, but it's, it's now now people are thinking of that as a gulag. OK, they are political prisoners. Yeah. That is government supremacy. So my contention earlier was the, that the only real not white supremacists, but supremacists are government because only government can exterminate masses of people and incarcerate masses of people. So the supremacy, the real supremacy, the dangerous supremacy is government supremacy, which we shouldn't be able to have in this country because we have a constitution and individual rights. So go ahead. Yeah. And people have the ability to bring governments down. Yeah. But But no, this term white supremacy is political. Uh Parties use it to the advantage like Joe Biden does the Uh other day at the, at the university. And people fall for it. Well, you know, how come every, no one ever says, hey, Joe, you're white yourself. Aren't you, why aren't you loyal to your race? <laughs> you know, I mean, that'd be a great question. Yeah, but what can Joe Biden do to you? He can't do anything to you. Nothing well, at all. It's just a, a way really use the words to excite people. Uh-huh. Joe Biden can't do jack to me. What could tell me a white supremacy that could have done something to me? Nothing. Well, no. So when I think of Joe Biden doing something to me, Joe Biden could send the FBI uh, and saying that I'm a, a, a terrorist, that I'm, I'm fomenting insurrection by my radio show. He could easily do that. He could do that right now while I'm on the air. I'm going to look out the window. Nope, not today. Uh, but he could. Yeah, and, uh, Obama could have done it, too. Sure, That's absolutely. You want to talk, they could have, Obama could have yep. weaponized the FBI, the IRS. And mm-hmm. his face has, has been labeled as what's called black here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Well, Obama did work for you know, the city of St. Louis. So, uh, so Bosley, who was black, yeah. he could have weaponized 
of some agency, like they did the police department, against yeah. you too. So is that black supremacy? Um, well, see, I think of this as uh, white supremacy is a code word. Okay, there really isn't a such a thing, except for uh, there's the belief of, of that white people are superior that white people have. I wonder if there's a belief that, that black people think that some white people are superior. That's kind of interesting. I don't worry about that later. Um, but that supremacy there was is a, a belief. Uh, there is a building in St. Louis on Page and Hamilton on the north east corner. You used to have a sign on the building that said, no whites, no Jews, no no blacks, no Jews, no dogs allowed. Now, what color is that supremacy? Mm. Yeah, sounds like white supremacy. Well, wait a minute. Jews are white for the most part. <laughs> except Sammy Davis Jr. Dogs? Well, I guess they're pet supremacists. <laughs> I don't know. But the point is, let's let's bring it back to government. So, so to me, the, the the term white supremacist is code. It's code for Christian male white American patriots, uh, and lumped into this is why they lump Larry Elder, uh, Clarence Thomas, and and black prominent figures into white supremacy because white supremacy it's nothing it's not nothing to do with white. It's to do with the government demonizing people that believe in the things that this country stands for. So, so the real supremacy, the real supremacy is coming from the government that says supremacy. So in other words, it becomes projection supremacy. So the deep state, in order to squelch dissent, squelch debate, stop people like you and me from talking about the things that we talk about, they, label, they would label me a white supremacist. They would label you a white supremacist too. So supremacy, remember we talked about supremacy well, being black, a... There's black uh, media that stops you also. Tried calling uh, the station in Detroit. Uh, I tell you, Church called that station in Detroit during Al Sharpton hour. They don't let you on. Do I sound white? See, you let Jackie, do, I, do I sound white on the radio? Do I sound like a white guy? I mean, I'm just curious. Well, yeah. <laughs> a person know what to look for. Okay. I mean, you sound a like a white guy. What to look for, but what I'm saying is, you, yeah. you let mm-hmm. these terms, these terminologies. Right. Uh, rule you for the day. Then next week they throw out something else. It's a distraction. Don't pay no attention to it. You talk about this other caller and the other show, you're giving them more credit, more power than they ever would because they had a lot of power. They'd be on the other show. they come to oh, your show. Exactly. Well, I was just trying to make points. I, it's kind of funny. Well, look at the people who have come to my show. Warren uh, from Wake Up New Orleans is a black supremacist. Uh, Bert, who used to come call the show, is a Nazi. He's a he's a Nazi supremacist. He's a government supremacist. Um, you know, and so an it's ideology owned. Uh huh. Yeah, but an ideology owned. But when it comes down to power, they ain't got a lick of power. Not nothing. Yep. They can't control well, nobody. Uh huh. But what I want to do is part of the, my goal today in tying this in is to say that this that the the whole idea of white supremacy is really code, and it's being done by the actual supremacists themselves, the government supremacists are using this term as an excuse for persecuting people that disagree with them. That's what's going on. I got another supremacy for you. So well, yeah, you more... now, I, now I could agree with that. I could okay. agree with that. Yeah, that's how they use the word. Next week, they're going to use it in a different manner. Yep. Yeah. All right, let's get another article here. The thing like from... you did, uh-huh. and one okay. more real quick thing. The no, thing okay. that you Forget said time. is that they took it back into time and try to apply it then when it wasn't no notion in anybody's head. Thank you. Yeah, no one ever heard of this term. You know, it's a government term. 
All right, let me give you a little thing. Let me, let me play this and uh, uh, sort of have us change moods here. Action Radio, dedicated to fixing everything. I have so much fun making those. <laughs> I got to make more of them. Um, so this is the American Press Report. Uh, now we're going to talk about illegal alien reset. And so, so another form of supremacy is the, the, the new confederacy, uh, the new confederacy, the, the segregation uh, of, uh, of Americans and the introduction of illegal aliens uh, as a mercenary army. And so that's my contention. Uh, that's what's going on. And so the great replacement, the, the mythological replacement that the left wants to push is that white people like me are terrified of black and brown people being the minority, being the majority. And quite frankly, for anybody, any white person that's lived in San Francisco, we're already used to being a minority and we didn't, be, didn't change a thing. We had a great time. In fact, I actually enjoyed it. Um, but the real great replacement is Americans are being replaced by illegal aliens, by people that do not understand this country, and that's being done on purpose. So it's abortion and fentanyl for Americans. It's free hotels and free travel for illegal aliens. That's the difference. So I got an article here, J.G. Rucker, one of my favorite people, uh, who says five ways the leftist bear hug of illegal alien superiority, there's that term again, right, superiority, is all about the Great Reset. He says it's easy to see the surge and think it's bad Democrat policy. But invasion at a southern border is far more consequential than even the most American first patriots recognize. And I would call myself an America first uh, patriot. He says the massive surge of illegal aliens at the southern border since the lifting of Title 42 has revealed to many what some of us have known for a long time. Leftists aren't just wanting to help illegal aliens. They're doing whatever they can to give them superior rights over American citizens. Betsy McCauley. Kali uh, McCaughey, I'll spell it, M-C-C-A-U-G-H-E-Y, Betsy McCaughey from the Epic Times uh, says, over the last two weeks, Adams, he's talking about, uh, I'm not sure who Adams is, over the last two weeks, Adams has rolled out a scheme to bus hundreds, that would be New York Mayor Eric Adams? No. I'll figure, we'll figure who it is in a bit. It says, over the last two weeks, Adams has rolled out a scheme to bus hundreds of migrants, which I call illegal aliens, to upscale motels in Newburgh, Orangetown, and Yonkers. That would be New York, so that would be Eric Adams. Pleading that New York City is out of base. It didn't matter that many of the motel rooms were already occupied or booked. Money talks. New York City pays above the market rates to house illegal migrants. Averaging $8,000 per room per month, taxpayers be damned. The motels acted fast to clear their rooms. This is fascinating. So um, I, I want to get through this article and get back to Bianchi. But the idea that, um, that you know, New York, uh, so, so Texas sends their, their illegals to, uh, to New York. New Yorkers don't want them, so they send them out to the suburbs. <laughs> you know, it's like Martha's Vineyard took their illegals from Florida uh, and sent them out to other places. He says, we had a legal contract to have those rooms. And this is uh, Moretti. I'm not sure who that is. And nearly two dozen uh, struggling homeless veterans also got the boot, including, including some who had served in Vietnam or Afghanistan. So this is interesting. This is what's really pissing people off, the fact that uh, illegal aliens are, are getting, getting motels uh, that, that homeless veterans were, were staying in. He says, people staying at the Ramada in Yonkers were told to clear out as well. Up to 100, quote, migrant families are expected with there within a week. Savannah Harp, who's been living here. All right, let me, just, let me get to the, I want to get to the details of the article. He says, the border crisis was raging, was a raging dumpster fire before Title 42 uh, was lifted, and now it's an existential threat. 
For those who don't know, existential threat is a threat to our existence. That's where the word comes from. It's misused all the time. Anyway, he says America will not survive this if it's allowed to continue for much longer. That's not an attack against immigrants. It's a combination against illegal aliens and the uniparty swamp members who entice them to make the dangerous trek so they can be given free stuff in America. I'm a legal immigrant. So am I, by the way. He says, I am not against immigration as long as it's not only legal, but also makes sense for this nation. We can and should accept a limited number of immigrants based on merit and potential. About a quarter million per year would be a, would be a good balance. That's a sustainable amount. Right now we have a million legal plus God knows how many illegal. We need to reduce legal, legal immigration down about a quarter million a year maximum. Anyway, he says, I'd like to thank, uh, thank my mother who became a captain in the U.S. Army and a nurse practitioner as a civilian is an example of how legal immigrants can be beneficial to this nation. But what we're seeing is being pushed at the border and spread across the nation is the exact opposite. They're not trying to bring in the best people to help lift America. The powers that be and their uniparty swamp minions want the neediest and least beneficial, quote, migrants injected into the American population. So, yeah, this is what's fascinating about this. They're taking the absolute worst possible people and bringing them to this country. He says the fundamental reason for this push is the Great Reset. Hold on, Pianchi. I'm going to get you in just a second. Fundamental reason for this, and then I get more out of the article. I kind of like this one. The fundamental reason for this push is the Great Reset. It is a necessary step to fulfill the globalist machination of one world government under the liberal world order. That's not just fodder for conspiracy theorists. It's demonstrable or demonstrable. And only those who get their news from CNN or Fox have sufficient blinders in place to prevent them from seeing it. Here are five ways the plan to give illegal aliens superiority over American citizens pushes us closer to experiencing the Great Reset. I'll get to the, the five in just a second. Pianchi. Well, did you hear where the Latino truck driver said that the Latino truck drivers should boycott Miami because of Florida's immigration policy? No, I remember there was a ACLU person in the, in only the West who said that. Now, what did that tell you? That tells you that they have an association, you can say the fifth column of Latinos mm-hmm. that have right. some deviant thoughts in mind. I couldn't say that about black. I couldn't say, well, black truck drivers need to boycott uh, Jackson, Mississippi, because black truck drivers probably are not sitting around the table conspiring that way. You do have Latino truck drivers, according to what this guy said, that's conspiring that they're going to build up their power. They want Latinos to come from South America, Central America, into this country in order to build up what they have going on. But there's Latinos and Latinos. You look at the the mayor of, of Miami is Latino. He's conservative. He's doing great things. The economy is booming. He's extremely popular. Uh, and he was put there by, you know, white voters, black voters, Latino voters, and everybody else. Uh, and so the idea that Miami is a bad place for Latinos when the mayor is Latino, you know, seems kind of funny. But the difference is really is what we're talking about is illegal alien Latinos versus American and American first patriot Latinos. So I put Josie in that camp. Josie would be an American first patriot uh, Latina, you know, uh, who came here from Nicaragua. Okay, so and, and we have generations. Remember of the uh, mm-hmm. what was the mayor in Los Angeles, Vigorosa or something like that? Villagorosa or Villagorosa? Okay. Wasn't he a legal alien? Maybe blacks complain about. Hmm. Matter of fact, blacks were ran out of neighborhoods in 
Los Angeles. Their houses were firebombed. It was being firebombed and ran out of the neighborhood of South Central by Latinos. So that would be Latino supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just, I just, you know. Uh, I, we should really get Larry Elder on the show. I, you know, I tried to reach him, but he'd be fascinating to have on it because he's from South Central. So he'd be great to talk about. I don't know much about L.A. I spent all, most of my time up in San Francisco when I was in California. And I drove all over California. I've been, I've been through L.A. I've been down to San Diego and some other places. Beautiful state. Too bad they're, they're wasting it on leftists. But here's something interesting that most people don't know. Cesar Chavez, head of United Farm Workers, was a labor leader, was a leftist labor leader um, of American of me- Americans of Mexican descent usually, but Hispanic American farm workers. And one of the, the groups that he hated the most was illegal aliens because they took jobs from his American Union farm workers. So all those leftists who celebrate Cesar Chavez, and rightly so, I mean, he was a great leader, um, missed the point that he worked very hard to prevent illegal aliens from working where his legal American farm workers wanted to work. So the idea that Americans won't do jobs you know, that only illegal aliens will do is insane. And he was the perfect person to do it. So next time you hear about Cesar Chavez, thank him for his standing yeah, against illegal aliens. What's that? Yeah, the same thing in Chicago. Just here within the last few years where the organization that represents uh, Latinos said mm-hmm. that we want X number of seats on the Chicago board. And mm-hmm. they thought that's what was going to be saw, seen in this last election where it would have been a Latino mayor, but it didn't work out that way. Yeah. See, this is a really fundamental difference between leftists and and conservative patriots, that the left believes that everybody governs by their skin color. They think with their skin color. They act with their skin color, that only a person of your skin color can teach your kids. Only a person of your skin color can represent you. And only a person of your skin color should should employ you, you know, and uh, everything else should be by skin color. Whereas whereas conservatives, independents and and patriots believe that uh, it's all merit based. We don't give a damn what somebody's skin color is. I mean, Byron Donalds is black, is just as popular um, as uh, as Greg Stubbe in Florida is white. Why? They're both conservative. Well, they both believe in America first. Taught. What's that? It, it depends on what's being taught and at what point in life it's being taught. Mm-hmm. Early on in the, the education of a child, yes, it is, I'd say it's better for black children to have that uh, introduction from somebody who they experienced their experience in the country. Then, of course, if you get older, then you should be able to master that education no matter where you go in the world. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, I, I don't know if I agree with that. Like, I, I went to school in Canada. I was white, and everybody else in my class was white. I mean, there were no black people. There, what's that? It's because you're white. You're not black. That's not what blacks say. Blacks say certain people... Right. I'm telling you what they say. Oh, what they say. Okay. It's funny what they call African center curriculums in public schools. Hmm. They wanted that taught for their children. And actually, they had a right to have that taught for their children. It was the Ebonics issue out in Oakland, Unified School District. Uh, kids came to school speaking the language that they learned at home. There wasn't nothing wrong with that. If you wanted well, to I wouldn't learn do it in the government schools, then you had to teach it. You know, the problem is doing with the government schools. I don't want segregated education in the government schools. Now, what they do in San Francisco is there's a Chinese immersion school uh, that Chinese parents send their kids to Chinese school where Chinese is spoken 
uh, that's it the only language Mandarin spoken. Mandarin school in Florida. There are black parents and their kids too. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to have a, a black education experience, then you should do it in a private school. But the government school should not segregate. So I, I would disagree with that. I don't disagree with having, you know, black kids taught by black teachers. I have no problem. That's that obviously, you know, people want to do that. Great. But I don't think the government schools are the place to do that because they should be, you know, the ultimate equality where everybody can learn. Uh, so have an immersion school. Have a black immersion school. No problem. That would be, uh, well, they, in they fact, I believe it. Yeah. But the more different yeah, but this is why I don't like government education because it standardizes everything. So why can't black kids learn more about black history? Why can't Chinese kids learn about Chinese history, uh, even though we're all Americans and still learn American history? You know, because part of America is all these different groups and immigrant history. Should I go to immigrant school? <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know. But let me let me and get the reason why it goes on in, in public ahead, schools is to let you go on some conversation because they uh-huh. pay for it. Yeah, if they pay for it, that's fine. You know, I mean, that's why I say vouchers. You should have vouchers. We've we, we talked about school choice. choice. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let me get back to uh, five reasons why illegal aliens are, are exercising superiority. So we have illegal superiority. That's what's going on right now with the, with the government. They are, they are bringing about a mercenary army of illegals that are dependent on Democrats that are the worst possible people to bring to this country because they do not have any concept of freedom or individual rights. And we talked about before supremacy, the supremacy, uh, when they say white supremacy, that Peter Pry told us this, it's code for the supremacy of the idea that the individual is, pre- is preeminent, that, the, that, in, that rights come from God, not from government. That's the supremacy of the trying. And I believe that idea is a, suprema, a supremacist idea because I believe it is supreme over the idea that the government gives you rights, over the idea that the government should regulate everything. That is, that is tyranny. So in that respect, you know, the supremacy of, of the idea of freedom uh, is something I absolutely believe in. So let's get to the groups. First group, Democrat voters. This is, this is part of the supremacy of the Great Reset. He says, we'll start with the obvious one that's been well-documented for decades. Yes, illegal aliens who are given citizen status at some point will likely be Democrat voters. Their children born in the United States will likely become Democrat voters. In both the short and long term, Democrats benefit from as many illegal aliens as possible. And while Democrats are not alone as puppets for the globalists to promote the Great Reset, they certainly make for easier targets to compromise. In fact, many of them wholeheartedly embrace the tenets of the Great Reset without being compromised at all. They want it to happen. First group. Second one, destruction of our economy. Also well documented is how economically crippling illegal immigration is. There are taxpayer dollars spent in ludicrous amounts just to process illegal aliens, let alone clothe, feed, and house them. There's also the job-stealing aspect. Leftists claim it's racist to say illegal aliens steal jobs from American citizens. <laughs> of course they do. But they ignore the simple arithmetic that adding people to a finite job market means some people will work and some won't. That's not racist. That's math. So let's talk about those two, Democrat voters and the economy. Pianchi? We'll bring it back to the conversation well, here. Well, just another one of Yeah. See, people try to – see, the thing that happened early on is that whites mm-hmm. that were in the school system wanted everybody to be like them, and that was wrong. Because mm-hmm. when kids come to school, they come to school with a culture that was developed, they were born with and developed early on in their own family, in their, in their family settings. 
So that has to be nurtured when they first kindergarten. That has to be nurtured in kindergarten, first grade, second grade. Now, once you get to middle school, say, then you should have all that behind you, and it's just education. Science is science, physics is physics, and uh, chemistry is chemistry. I was distracted. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're gonna hate me for this. Can you give me that last part again? I, I had a I had a revelation that I was writing down here as you were talking. My apologies. I shouldn't do that. But it, it, that's how my mind no, works. Well, this, this is what I said. Well, just like like blacks in America at one point in time, coming out of the seventies, is black power. Mm-hmm. They wanted to have black teachers and black subjects taught. Right. I now they yeah. were talking at the college level, which would have been AP classes, but at an uh-huh. elementary level, you had movements around different cities that wanted to have what's called an African-centered curriculum in the public school. In Detroit, they had a Native American curriculum in a school called Medicine Bear. In uh-huh. New York, they had an Italian-American curriculum in an Italian school that, uh, I can't think of, what's his name, that was with Trump, his lawyer. He pushed that. Giuliani. Huh. Well, so now, actually, this is this, this no, it raises a good question that should we standardize education? See, my belief is that education should not be standardized. The fact that different kids, different kids learn different things contributes to a greater pool of knowledge. So if black kids want to learn uh, from black teachers and learn more about black history and Chinese kids want to learn, you know, more Chinese and Chinese history, especially, you know, of Chinese Americans, black Americans, et cetera, that's only going to help us as a country. I have no problem with that. As long as they get the basics of American civics, then individual education is being different is actually a good thing. So that would help get rid of standardized tests. Because I want kids learning standard stuff. I want them all learning different stuff. So they all bring something different to the table, different skills, different ideas, you know, different all kinds of things. So the fact that certain kids go to schools that are, are, are characteristic of them by skin color or by nationality or both, I don't care. In Kansas City, they had French magnet. Spanish magnet, where the kids all day long spoken in French or in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what the That's parents good. wanted the kids to hang out. Oh, listen, I was sent to French but, class when uh, I was a kid. I, I was sent to French class. And a, a legend has it that at four years old, I was in French class because my parents were like modern. They thought it would be great if I spoke French. Apparently, I understood everything but refused to speak it. <laughs> That's, that, so I've been a rebel my entire life. That I, I knew exactly what was going on. And I stood in the corner a lot. I remember, I can, this is one of my earliest memories, of standing in the corner in French class, refusing to speak French, even though I knew exactly what they were saying. So I was a defiant little cuss, even at four years old. <laughs> I, thought I thought you'd find that interesting. All right. Um, let's kind of goes, like you say, where, where, where it goes wrong is that they have to know American history and it's found in documents. All that has to be there. That's the only thing I would standardize is, is, a, is a course in our founding documents that the, the preeminent principle of the United States is that the rights of the individual are paramount, that we're all based on individual rights and individual freedoms, that the government serves the people, not the other way around. And, and we've just got to reverse this current trend. We've got to break the deep state. All right, let me, uh, let me just do a quick summary of my thing. So Democrat voters, I, I think of the Democrat Party as a reestablishment confederacy, that they're trying to destroy this country. They're trying to make it into a Marxist uh, nation, and they're cooperating with the globalists and the Uniparty, that the Republicans are going along with them. So I, here's what I was thinking, but I wrote down when I was distracted by what you were saying, because I want to get rid of birthright citizenship, obviously. 
That doesn't exist. The 14th Amendment makes it illegal for someone to be born here to uh, uh, foreign nationals to make those kids American citizens. That's unconstitutional. So my question is, what do you do with all those folks and how far back do you go? So what I was thinking, um, my brainstorm, and I'm going to write a bill on this, I'll add this to it, is that we go back as far as we can with the birthright citizenship and we correct their citizenship. And this might go back 30 years or more. You know, we got computers, we could do this. And you take all those folks that were born to foreign nationals and take all the chains down the way and you, you basically correct their citizenship to that of their original parents and you make them uh, permanent residents. So they basically get green cards. And then if they want to become Americans, we'll take them on a case-by-case basis. So you basically correct their citizenship. And the reason for taking this drastic step is so that more people don't come here for, you know, birth, tourism, all that kind of stuff. So I'd actually start with those folks. Uh, and I'm not sure how this is going to work, and this is just a big deal. But we definitely have to reset anybody that, that came here for what I would call birth fraud. In other words, to give birth to an American, uh, give birth to a kid on American soil so that they can get all the benefits and everything else. That's the first group you reverse. But we should be able to go back and correct the citizenship of people and give them permanent resident status because it's, you know, the, the idea that American citizenship once granted can never be taken away is absurd. Of course it can, especially if you're an immigrant. I can lose my citizenship if I work in a foreign government or if I serve in a foreign army or if I renounce my U.S. citizenship. My U.S. citizenship is gone, so I'd never do it. But it's a lot harder to take citizenship from, I don't know how you do it for someone who's born here, I mean, of American parents, or at least one. But uh, that is something we have to seriously look at. And that's going to be the hardest one to do because a lot of people will object and say, well, they've been here all their life. I say, great, make them permanent residents. They can stay here as long as they want, but they can't vote and they can't serve on a jury. So if we could take all these folks uh, and is it harsh and cruel and all that kind of stuff? Not to, not to Americans and not to this country. But that's going to be a big debate. And I don't know how that's going to go, but that's what I would do. Is we need to go back a certain amount of time and correct all these citizenships of people that should never have been given U.S. citizenship because they were born here. And that would be include folks like Kamala Harris, who was born here to people that could not grant her citizenship. Because citizenship uh, comes from parents. It doesn't come from being born on U.S. dirt. All right. Economy, we obviously know it's going to happen. That it's, oh, thank you. Uh, as far as the economy goes, we know it's going to happen. The more illegal aliens you have here, the lower the wages because more people compete supply and demand. If you have more, if you have companies that will uh, uh, hire illegals, then you're going to lower the wages of all the Americans. That's why we have H-1 visas. That's why we have work visas to lower wages. That's what it's all about. Well, you know another thing too. Sure. Uh-huh. Another thing too. There should be an effort to rehabilitate your prison population. And because there's been arguments of why those people are there. There's been all hmm. sorts of terminologies applied to it, like uh, school to prison pipelines. Well, apparently something like that did exist because there wouldn't be so many people talking about it. And it was something that the victims did not have any control over, and they end up in this incarcerated state. So, they should be, attempts should be made to habilitate them if they want to be habilitated before you offer anything to any foreigners. Because they're American. Yeah, yeah I, actually, I agree with you completely. Um, and I just wrote down here, abolish for uh, work visas. I think we should get rid of the work visa. There's no reason, if a, if a job needs people, train an American. And if that means train, see, here's one of the biggest problems. Now, we had a, a chaplain uh, on the show um, back at WBY, and I replayed that interview fully recently. Uh, he said, look, every, you know, almost everybody in prison gets out. You know, they're going to come back in society. You know, there are these two choices. They get a job and they start a normal life, or they go back to prison. So the whole idea of not employing felons, you know, they need to take off the, uh, the employment form, are you a felon? 
you know, have you been incarcerated or whatever, let that. Because these people are automatically discriminated against. And so you need to do two things. One, keep people in who are dangerous to society. But two, those that are not, that you let out, have to get their full rights back. Which means they have to be able to, you know, apply for a job and not have to state that they were a felon. Especially a nonviolent felon. But if they're too dangerous to get a job, then they're too dangerous to be out. So don't let them out. Well, the same thing you can have advocacy groups. Just take black prison inmates, which is way disproportionate to the number of the population. You've mm-hmm. had advocacy groups for black prisoners, inmates, that have said constantly that the reason these people is here because of X, Y, Z. They had no control over In many cases, it was government-inspired. Well, mm-hmm. those people need to be given the opportunity to rehabilitate themselves, programs Absolutely. and things where they can come out and be functional in society before you let any outsiders in. Mm-hmm. So it would be interesting if you want to – that would be a great bill to write as a, um, a prison, you know, a full employment prison bill or a full employment uh, um, felon bill where people that, uh, you know, you can't see, I would abolish the work visa entirely. This is, that's actually an easier way to do it is that we should not be bringing foreign workers into this country. Do you remember the, uh, the article out the other day about how the Chinese and the Russian uh, workers in our high tech industries are sending all the technology to China and Russia? Well, why would you, why would you bring foreign nationals into this country? I think some Greek guy sold stuff to Russia too. So why would you even bring foreign nationals in? They have no allegiance to this country. They have allegiance to their country. Why would you give them access to high tech? Or if you bring foreign workers in, you know, have them do things that are, that are non-technical. You know, put them out in the fields. <laughs> you know, put them in agriculture. Uh, have them in forestry. It's because you know, have them do, you know. politicians. Yeah. The reason you have so many Indians here in the technology field is because they have their what's called ITT schools, Indian technology schools or something they call it. And mm-hmm. the United States contributes to it. The United States actually contributes to them building up their educational center, skill-making center. Now you got those very people that should have been the brain drain from their company, country to come here, and mm-hmm. they take jobs that Americans are not qualified for because the same type of emphasis and assertment was not given to Americans. You know, yeah, see, that's crazy. No, what we need to do is train Americans for those jobs. I would abolish work visas. There's no reason that we can't employ them. We've got enough Americans for every company out there, and if they're not qualified, then make them qualified. There's enough people who want to be qualified for those jobs in this country right now to be able to fill every job that's done by – but the reason they bring in foreign workers is to lower wages. Everything's about lowering wages for these companies. The lower they can get the wages, the greater their profit margin. And to me, those are unjust profits. It's like when they say, well, Americans don't want to pay – you know, uh, $2 for a head of lettuce when they can pay a dollar if illegal aliens are harvesting it. It doesn't matter. It's illegal for illegal aliens to harvest. You know, if it costs more to, uh, to uh, buy a head of lettuce so that an American family can support itself, then you pay more. That's just basic economics. But we do can not... give you an we, example. Okay. No, I got a couple of give you here. Example. The reason how come blacks are so supreme in certain areas, for instance, like sports, uh-huh. Because they didn't depend on whites to perfect their athletes. They came up with programs to perfect their own athletes. Same uh-huh. thing as entertainment, the music industry. They didn't uh-huh. let whites perfect that industry. They perfected themselves to produce what you have. And uh-huh. that's why I come. it's difficult for others to get in. Don't you think that people coming out of Argentina would love to be on the National Basketball Association? They don't have sure. the skills. It wasn't perfect. Look at the Russians. Russians try to do it. They fail. 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but there are, but you look at swimming and, and most of the competitors are white and you look at basketball, most of the competitors are black. So there's something about the physiology differences um, between white and black people that uh, seem to predominate in, in certain sports. I find that interesting. You know, you find tall people. Another example, look at your, uh-huh. uh, look at your marathon races. You, yeah. Those races was, um, were Kenyans and Ethiopians. Uh-huh. And the American Road Race Club would put on those races, those maritime races, and they had a standing rule. First, second, and third place had to go to Americans, even if they came in seventh, eighth, ninth. Yeah, see, that's crazy. We've talked Kenyans about that before. And Ethiopians who came in first, first place could not take the first place prize money. Yeah, yeah. Let me uh, let me get back to this article here because we've got five. You know, it's, no, it's, it's wrong, but it's just fascinating. Anyway, so there are five areas of the Great Reset we're talking about. We're going back to J.D. Rucker's report here. First one we talked about the reason for illegal aliens is Democrat voters. Second reason is destruction of our economy. Let me give you a couple more. Tension and chaos. He says whether it's Black Lives Matter, defund the police, reparations, trans lunacy, grooming, or any of the other examples of cultural Marxism driving the conversations and fueling tension, the left has become adept at making Americans hate each other. Well, actually, they're not succeeding. They're trying to make Americans hate each other. Uh, I don't think we actually do. He says illegal alien superiority. There you go. There's superiority, right? So illegal alien superiority may be their coup de grace to drive us into civil war, a civil war scenario where martial law is required and a police state officially anointed. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, certainly not if I have anything to do with it because Action Radio is the middle ground between bullets and ballots. And that is bills, bills from the people. We write the laws that we consent to be governed by. That's the alternative that I hope will, will stop any of the civil war nonsense. Anyway, he says, this is why they're kicking out homeless veterans to make room for illegal aliens. It's why 71% of them are being dropped off in red districts, in other words, Republican. And it's why Biden-Harris, the Biden-Harris regime is trying so hard to not only release them into the interior, but to make it nearly impossible to ever deport them, even if Republicans take back control in D.C., Again, we have bills that make it actually rather easy. Uh, they want this chaos. They need this tension. They want American first patriots, who they call white supremacists, right, to become the domestic terrorists they already claim we are. I want to stop on this one. I want to make a couple comments on this one. Um, Pianchi, I want to let you go first, and then I'll, I'll tell you what I think. But this is critical. This is absolutely critical. Well, I agree, yes. Those are the in American wars, they should mm-hmm. be given that opportunity because mm-hmm. they have given up quite a lot. Plus, they have the effects of it that mm-hmm. they live with today. Yeah. Well, you know, I watched but... uh, some documentaries of World War II, and you have soldiers. You have soldiers that, that, that survive uh, uh, Jimmy Doolittle. Of course, they probably did now, but when the uh, documentary. Mm-hmm. These are old, these are elderly men crying. So that means that they are feeling the effects of what they experienced decades ago. They didn't give their lives or they didn't risk their lives to have Marxists take over this country. In fact, we fought in several wars so that Marxists wouldn't take over other countries. That's like the ultimate irony. And so it's really sad. I mean, these people, I, I saw a World, uh, World War II, excuse me, World War II veteran. It's like 90-something. I mean, he's one of the youngest people ever to serve. Uh, he's probably like 16 when he joined. He lied about his age. That happened a lot. Uh, you won't see that today. 
Um, but that's but that's what's happening. These people are, are crying because everything they fought for is disappearing. And so we need to take it back. So let's let's talk about fighting for freedom. People think, and I've made this criticism before, people think that the only way you can fight for your freedom is to join the military. I'm here to tell you right now um, that anybody associated with Action Radio is fighting for our freedom. Anybody that writes a bill is fighting for our freedom. I am fighting for our freedom. Am I in combat? No. Is it the same thing as combat? No. But I've suffered economic hardship because of what I do. You know, I mean, there's a risk to this, there's a, and I don't care. It's worth doing. But don't think for a second that people that fight for freedom are always in the military because they simply aren't. There are freedom fighters all over this country. There are patriots. There are rebels. There are parents at school board meetings. There are people you know, running for office who never would have done so. There are writers and, and citizen journalists and now citizen legislators all over this country. And we are the new army fighting for our freedom because the fight for freedom is not in Vietnam or Iraq or Afghanistan or Ukraine. What is for them individually in their countries? But the real fight for freedom is right here, right now. And we are fully engaged in it. We are basically at war with a government, but we're not fighting with weapons of, of the usual weapons. You know, we're not shooting. We're not mortaring. We're not, you know, sending artillery shells. We're not flying airplanes or drones or things into the government. What we're doing is we're changing the laws. And that is the most effective weapon against a tyrannical government is you take away their power in law, and then you have to you know, convince people to enforce those laws. And so that's, that's, this has never been done. This is an entire new way to fight government is to actually have the people change the laws themselves by basically forcing the government to do it uh, through popular will. And so that's what we're working on here right now. And that's going to be huge. But this idea that the Democrats are, are using segregation once again to try and start a civil war so they can clamp down on this entire country, that's why they want to take the guns away. They want to take the guns away so they're the only ones that have them. You know, you've got 287,000. Yeah, you've got 287,000 armed bureaucrats. That is an army of over 12 divisions. Excuse me, 14 divisions. 20,000 soldiers per division for an army. I don't know how many divisions most countries have, but I don't think they have 14. So we've got 14, uh, because that's 287. Yeah, we have over 14 divisions worth of soldiers, almost about 14 and a half divisions of soldiers, infantry soldiers who are actually bureaucrats. They have fully automatic weapons. They have billions of rounds of ammunition. And they are all set for a war against us. Why do you think Obama armed all these agencies for the war that they want to create? Well, we're not going to play. We're not going to go to war with each other because we don't hate each other as much as they try and make us do it. That's what the trans agenda is all about. You take a bunch of people that got cosmetic elective surgery. You try and call them a civil rights group, which they aren't. And not to say people can't you know, have their elective surgery. Great. Have elective surgery? Go for it but you did not change your sex and you are not a civil rights group. And no amount of, of uh, coercion and force and guilt is going to change my mind or I think anybody else's at this point. So that's how we fight that ideology with a better ideology. That's how you do it. But this whole tension and chaos thing is huge. And what we do is we, is we need to find alternates. I was thinking about, Pianca, I got a question for you. I was thinking about this the other day too, that whenever conservatives and patriots fight back, they always fight head on. They're like pickets charge. They walk right into the field of fire and drop, drop down. But bravely they walked in, and bravely they died, and bravely they didn't accomplish a thing. Pickett's charge was a slaughter, whereas everything we do here at Action Radio is a flanking maneuver. We always come at them from an angle that they don't expect. I mean, how do you stop illegal aliens? Civil asset forfeiture. Nobody's talking about that. No one. How do you stop big pharma? Vaccine product, vaccine product liability. Go ahead. Pianchi, I'm sorry. I talk about civil asset forfeiture. Uh, forfeiture. I talk How's about it all the time. I've never heard about it, never conceived about it, even in that way. Yeah. 
We did. <laughs> you know, uh, and you look at anything that we do here. I mean, how do we how do we solve the national debt crisis? Do we uh, do we have a balanced budget amendment, or do we uh, you know try and get Congress to cut spending? No, we have a constitutional amendment that takes away the power to borrow money. That's never been done. Any of the things that we do here, they're all flanking maneuvers. They're all strategic. They don't cost money. They don't create a bureaucracy. They don't create a new department. They don't require the hiring of federal employees. Everything we do here actually reduces those things. Just changing laws makes all the difference. Let me give you another one here. So we got, we got two more before we, uh, uh, we got a guest. That we actually, we have a CJ Wellness is coming at the top of the hour. So here's another one, owing nothing and being happy. So this is, this is Klaus Schwab's you know, dream for us that we'll eat bugs and have property. Yeah, I get news to you, pal. Anyway, so he says, this is back J.D. Rucker's article, America First Report. He says, I should get him on the show. He'd be interesting to have him on. Um, he says, the previous three elements of the invasion plan are peripheral aspects driving the Great Reset. This one is direct. He says, the oft-repeated gaslighting by the World Economic Forum that we will, quote, own nothing and be happy. That's like John Lennon's song, Imagine. Imagine there's no property. You know, isn't it great? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> he says, the, the owe nothing and be happy is being tested in its purest form uh, with the border invasion. He says illegal aliens are being given everything they need to survive. They have become wards of the state, and as such, they are being made into a social experiment through which the powers that be will prove, in quotes, we do not need private ownership in order to survive. They are already subtly pointing to these illegal aliens through the corporate media with puff pieces about how grateful and free they feel. It's a PSYOP. We've talked about PSYOP. We did a whole week on PSYOPs, right? Uh, it's a PSYOP, and an unfortunate number of Americans are falling for it as intended. I'm not sure about this one yet. I've got to think about that. Um, but the idea that illegal aliens, you know, they're, they're definitely wards of the state. Uh, they're being given things at the expense of Americans. So it's not owe nothing and be happy. It's you owe everything to somebody else. That's the problem. I think he's understated the problem a little bit. I'd like to get him on to talk about this. Pianki, what do you think? Well, yes. Like I say, if you got a if you got a prison population like you got eight hundred thousand or more, and I don't know how many African Americans in there, probably Black Americans, should I say, American blacks, mm-hmm. maybe four hundred thousand, maybe more of that. That is totally ridiculous. That you are just using those people and further using them for decades in Mm -hmm. order to spur on a particular industry that entities are making money and turning around and donating the coffers of what you call your black Congress people, the black Mm -hmm. congressional caucus who's supposed to be championing on your behalf. It's internet. It's silly what's going on. It is. Yeah, I see it. I see it strong in that, though. I see this as a when they talk about owing nothing and being happy. The great, you know, the great reset is is uh, the illegal aliens are stealing everything. So it's not owning nothing; it's actually losing everything. You know, and and there's the the whole and point at of the this same is to, time, yeah. At the same time, you have USAID, and you have H to develop something. I forget. You have other agencies. Mm-hmm. That's given these countries in these hemispheres money to alleviate, help alleviate, and fight the problems that the people that are coming here today say that they are fleeing. 
So you give, they are receiving benefits that come here, and at the same time, you continue to throw money down to their country where it's not being used right. Now, that's not mm-hmm. my problem if it's not being used right. You and mm-hmm. I can't go down there and dress up like a native and leave a revolution to get rid of corrupt people. That's their problem to do. Exactly. Yeah, now these people are coming in purposely unskilled. Uh, they don't speak English. Um, they're coming here not to make the country better. They're here to take from the country. You know, immigrants make the country better. Illegals take from the country. That's how it works. That's, that's the whole point of them. But they're being used by the Republicans and the Democrats uh, for their own selfish gains. Republicans, and it's all short term. Republicans think, oh, this would be great for corporations. They'll give us money. We can, we can maintain our office. Democrats think, ah, we'll take over from the Republicans. We'll have a bunch of illegals here. It's, you know, it's, it's at our own destruction. They're actually suicidal. Uh, I think that both parties are pathologically suicidal because they care more about their party than they do the country. They care more about their selfish interests than they do, uh, than they can see the big picture. And the big picture is the things that they're doing for their short-term interests are going to destroy this country, and they, they have no clue. Let me get the last one here, and then I'm going to take a bit of a break and see if I can get one more article um, before we get to CJ at the top of the hour. So the, the last one of the five of the Great Reset with Illegal Aliens is elimination of national sovereignty. The Great Reset can only reach its fullest form if national sovereignty is erased. No nation, uh, this is like a white nationalist, okay? And it says, no nation embodies national sovereignty better than the United States through our history, uh, though, uh, it says, through our history uh, is loaded with examples of how we do not respect the sovereignty of other nations. Okay, there we go. He says, no attack on national sovereignty is as effective as open borders. The powers that be require a multipolar world where they can control through their central idea of power. Long before anyone has heard of Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, he and Henry Kissinger worked with the Club of Rome to devise their long-term plan of establishing 10 regional powers that would govern the world's population under the umbrella of the New World Order. It's all sorts of biblical, it's all sorts of biblical in its implications, and we're seeing it manifest uh, before our eyes today. He said, in the last paragraph, he says, when we fight the good fight against the illegal alien invasion, we must do so knowing that this is more than just defending our jobs or preserving border security. We're fighting against the globalist elite cabal that is using the peripheral border, uh, perpetual border surge as a way to destroy this nation from within. Recognizing this will hopefully drive Americans to take this threat more seriously. It's often said that if this happens or that happens, then we won't have a nation for long. In the case of our current predicament, saying the utter destruction of American society is nigh would not be hyperbole. Now, here's a problem, though. Do you know what's missing from this article? It's the same thing that's missing from every other Did article. Did I learn anything from that article? No, no. So what's yeah, missing from articles, this article? Yeah, all those articles are trying to get to a central point. They're not there mm-hmm. for those who know what the central point is, but they're trying. Yeah. You know what I see? As best as you can. Let me tell you what I see. Pardon I'll tell you what I see in this article. That I no, see what in, you see. Go ahead. Go what, ahead. I see is no, what I see is no solutions. There's not a single solution in this article. There's not a single offering of any kind of how to deal with these five problems. In other words, this is raising complaining to an art form. They do whatever J.D. Rucker, who's, it's a really good article, but what's missing is any solution. Nothing in here um, even pretends to even start to handle the problem of illegal aliens. He doesn't say close the border. Well, you know, he doesn't say use asset forfeiture. He doesn't say, like say in my article, detail the entire armed bureaucracy and half and a quarter million unarmed bureaucracy 
to ICE to handle this internally, to handle the violence for illegal aliens. He doesn't say anything about solving this problem. Well, let me say this. Uh-huh. Let me say this. The reason why Joe Biden said that white supremacy is the number one threat. See, it's easy to say. The, the reason why come we have blacks in prison at the number that they are. Now, that's the fact. But okay. why is that? The reason why you have this, what you call this, uh, what's going on, pushing back at you, and you call them the white supremacy, is because mm-hmm. of something that you are doing. Your main topic today is the admission of illegals into the country unfettered. Then you mm-hmm. got people that don't like that. And they're going to be whites generally first because mm-hmm. you have blacks that still have an animosity in them that say, well, the Constitution wasn't made for me. Now, we can understand why they have that. But as far as Joe Biden's concerned, saying that the biggest threat is white supremacy, is because you got whites in the country don't like what they're seeing, and I don't blame them. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. No, I mean, so they let it get out. And when they lash out, you want to punish them and put them in a gulag and give them all sorts of titles as insurrections and so forth. Mm -hmm. Insurrection is that you are doing something that's not right. Yeah, yeah. And so so those of us that are resisting government, what are we saying? We're saying the same thing that Martin Luther King said. We want the government to live up to our founding principles, the principles that we are all created equal. The principle that you don't reward certain people with advantage like affirmative action or scholarships or anything based on on skin color or national origin or or religion or racial group or anything like that. You can't do that in America. That's unconstitutional. It is unconstitutional to give citizenship to people whose kids were were born on U.S. dirt who aren't uh, American citizens or permanent residents. That is unconstitutional. And so all we're asking, all all I think the patriots are asking, is that the government live up to the Constitution, that they're mandated to do. That's the whole purpose for the government, is to protect individual rights, protect indiv- to protect individual property, and to safeguard the nation from invasion. And they've failed on all those counts. They're doing the opposite. They're taking our property, they're taking our rights, and they're, ha- and they're causing an invasion. So that makes an illegitimate government, which we know they're illegitimate because they, didn't, they lost. They're an illegal government. Anyway. I'm going to uh, take a break here real quick. I got one more article um, on uh, on the fact that the government lets in people, foreign nationals, to steal our technology. That'll be the last one. It's 8:46. Warren's got a comment that I want to read too. Uh, and I'll check that out. So I'm going to take a quick break now. Play a couple things. And be scroll up to the top here. Play that. Play that. Play that. Be right back. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery? Alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com. 
or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend, Jason Myers, and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strike Force, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code WYL to the discount code window at checkout. WYL comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strike Force is at StrikeForceEnergy.com. That's StrikeForceEnergy.com. Start your engine. Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network. The ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take. That is Action Radio. So I'm just looking at, oh, he's got a new comment here. He says, uh, Biden's statement is correct. White supremacy is the number one problem in the U.S. Really? Show me some white supremacy. I'd like to know where it is because I, uh, I, don't, see any, uh, I don't see any actions. Again, people believe it, but I think Warren's kind of like a black supremacist, but we can talk about that too. He says, uh, he says even the devil has to tell the truth sometimes. So he thinks white people are devils. That's interesting. It's a pretty racist perspective, actually. Then he says, I suspect that Biden is racist too. Well, that's interesting. So you... So you <laughs> he just needs to get black voters to the polls. Well, of course, Biden is a racist. He's been a racist his whole life. Um, but that's, that's nothing new. All right. So 
got some of the different to talk about here for the last 10 minutes before we get to uh, CJ, uh, who has a guest. So uh, our, her last guest was fabulous. So as I like to do, I go to the foreign press. If you want to find out what's going on in America uh, and the American government, you go to the foreign press, in this case, India, uh, the Eastern Herald, which says the United States has accused several Russian and Chinese citizens of transferring American technology, technology to their governments. My contention is that this is intentional. This is part of the Great Reset. This is part of the globalist plan to take away all technology from us that we invented and invested and spent the money to develop and, uh, and share it with the rest of the world as fast as possible so that we have no competitive advantage. We have no advantage in military. We have no advantage in, in computer technology. We have no advantage in, in economic power. We have no advantage. That's why they do it. So... If a country, if this country had any pride, any self-respect, any anything, any uh, self-preservation, the first thing we do is stop foreign workers from coming here. It's already illegal to work here if you're a foreign national, uh, unless you're on a visa. But I just get, but the simple answer is get rid of the visas. If you get rid of the visas, if you stop foreign workers from coming here, then they're not going to, you're not going to have foreign workers transferring uh, our technology to their countries or other countries. You still might have Americans do that, but at least we'll have a narrower pool to to deal with. But I think this is by design. I think it's the same design that brought about the, um, uh, you know, the, the, the surrender in Afghanistan. So I, I thought of a question this morning, too. If Brandon was president yeah, that's during true. World War II, would he, have, would he have surrendered to Japan and Germany uh, and given them all our weapons? I mean, what's the difference between what happened in Afghanistan? Um, that's a question. That's a kind of rhetorical question. But nonetheless, I think this is intentional. I think there is an intentional, it's like several, and I know it's intentional because several years ago during the Clinton administration, one of Hillary Clinton's big uh, claims was we have to harmonize our patent and trade laws. So in other words, you couldn't protect things in this country. They, they had to be open for the world, you know, to, to engage in with our patents and trademarks, which is insane because why would you, the whole, I mean, first of all, it's unconstitutional. Constitution demands that individuals have, their, have their property, have their intellectual property, uh, and, and have their inventions protected. My work, the complete guide to flight instruction, is protected by a copyright. Nobody can copy that, publish it, and sell it under their name because it's my book. Otherwise, what's the point of writing it? What's the point of writing any book other than just to get the information out there? But the fact that it's protected by a copyright that I hold and will hold you know, for life, that my kid gets it, that's, that's how you protect these things. So I think it's by design. And without even reading the article, uh, I can just give you the, the basis that all these folks, let me just let me see if I can find, uh, da, 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 see if I got a quick case. There's two of the cases uh, relate to alleged supply networks to help Russian military and intelligence agencies obtain classified technology. So why were foreign nationals working on classified technology? That's the first problem. It says two Russian citizens have been arrested for participating in a contracting scheme for deliveries to several Russian commercial airlines. That's interesting. Circumventing export controls. Well, how about that? What else have we got? Two other cases, former programmers are accused of stealing software code from U.S. technology companies to resell to Chinese competitors. There you go. And the fifth case concerns a Chinese supply network set up to supply Iran with materials used in weapons of mass destruction, in other words, and ballistic missiles. So there you go. Foreign nationals stealing our technology by simply working here and the idiot companies giving them access to our foreign, to our technology that they can then resell uh, on the open market. It is insane to have foreign workers in high tech and military companies. Bianchi? Well, you know, I've seen that during the advent of the uh, F-4 Phantom. Okay, tell me. At the time. And the, the back and forth between Russia and the United States. Over the Phantom? So it wasn't, How does that fit in? It, yeah, at that time, the Phantom coming out of the, out of the mix 
Phantom came along with outperformed the MiG. Then all of a sudden they came up with a MiG 25. So, and it looks just exactly as far as configuration is concerned, aerodynamic, like the F-15. So there had to be some sharing or slipping. Well, yeah, aviation information back and forth. Because yeah, if you look, wait, but who stands to benefit from that? Right. It's what Eisenhower talked about with the military budget. Uh-huh. The military industrial like, complex. Just like you're, yeah. Who's the guy, who's the black man who's in charge of secretary, not secretary of defense, but the uh, Colin Powell position? I can't think of his name. Well, he was a general, came out and went to work for who? Raytheon, right? What did Raytheon Austin. make? Secretary of Defense Austin. That's who you're Austin. thinking of. Yeah. What did Raytheon make? Radars, defenses, uh, make, uh, things, electronics. Patriot, Patriot missiles. Oh, okay. So I didn't know that. That's interesting. Now, what's, what's been in the news here lately? The uh-huh. Patriot missile and how yeah. it, uh, some people say it had taken down Russia's hypersonic missiles. I don't so know if the Patriots – so the Patriots are used in Israel. is called Iron Dome. That's where they shoot down missiles from Gaza, which Israel should take over, by the way. They, should, they need to take their territory back. Well, it's Ukraine, get, they gave them to the Ukraine all the What, Patriots? How did Ukraine get the money to buy them? How did, they did. How did Ukraine get the money to buy the missiles? We gave it to them. But, Biden. But here's the thing, though. I guarantee you that some of those patriots will be confiscated, will be taken by Russian troops, and they're going to have all the technology. You know, how did um, well, how yes, did Iran... Well, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. But they were purchased from Raytheon. Raytheon did just give it to them all week. Here's a Christmas present. No, it was purchased. And Ukraine had the ability to purchase them because mm-hmm. of Joe Biden's policy of giving Ukraine billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. Right. All right. When when they purchase from Raytheon, Raytheon is going to do what? It's going to reward its politicians and campaign donations. Yeah. It's the boomerang. <laughs> it, it's a uh, it's an incestuous relationship, you know, between Obama and Zelensky and Biden. You know, the whole the whole thing of putting Zelensky in there in the first place. Well, it's it, I you know I think these wars are intended to be lost uh, and just fought. They don't intend to win them. Um, and in fact, this war could never have been won anyway. You look at anything we've engaged in. There was no possibility of, quote, winning a war in Iraq. There was no possibility of winning a war in Afghanistan. There's no possibility of winning a war in Ukraine or Sudan or wherever else they pick next. These, are, these wars are not designed to be won. They're designed to be expensive so that people make money. This is the problem. This is part of the Great Reset. The, if you look at 19, remember 1984, George Orwell said, so we're always at war. We always have an enemy. Well, we have to have an enemy. You know, because we have to have the people you, you know, distracted with an enemy. enemy. You're exactly right. Yeah. You got to well, spend the well, money on something. Look at the right. equipment, look at the equipment uh-huh. that Joe Biden left in Afghanistan. Where do you think that equipment is going to be? What are we going to be talking about in another 10, 15, 20 years? And what's going to be the basis of this conversation? It's going to be war. Well, how are countries going to go to war? Afghanistan don't manufacture no weapons. Yeah, but look at all the ones that Joe Biden left. When he yeah, they can't even use them. Run away from selling most, yeah, they're selling most of them. Well, here's the problem with that. See, to me, that is, that is a treasonous act. Uh, I believe Obama's behind it because I believe he runs the foreign policy. Hillary runs the domestic policy. That's why she's turned the FBI into the KGB. 
uh, under Merrick Garland. Um, that's how it seems to be working for me. This is how this is how I see all this. But to me, there's no difference between Obama directing you know, Biden to surrender in Afghanistan and let our weapons be left there than someone who steal like the Rosenbergs who stole the nuclear secrets and gave them to uh, Russia for the atomic bomb. What's the difference? They're giving technology, you know, they're giving arms, they're giving aid and comfort to quote our enemy who we're fighting a war against. Uh, so that makes them traitors under the real sense of the word traitor, you know, aid and comfort in time of war. So what they did, what Brandon did by surrendering is actually uh, an act of war against the United States is a traitorous act. And yet nobody defines it as such. But that's part of the Great Reset, to give away our weapons, give away our technology. And I'm wondering if, the, if the, the national debt is part of this, too, that if they can destroy our economy with the national debt, that's why they're rushing so headlong to borrow it, to borrow more and more money. They could easily cut the spending below the national debt, easily. Nobody ever talks about it except us. But the, the greatest uh, national security we face, we threat, national security threat we face, there we go, Greg, is the national debt. And where's, where's Brandon? He's in Japan. He's going to apologize to the Japanese for us dropping a, an atomic bomb on them. Guarantee you. That's what he's doing there. He's probably going to give them a grant because his job is to give away all their money and our technology. Oh, he's already, uh, he already, he already, re, he's already going to China for solar panels to come into well, yeah. the United States, doing away with the tariffs. What yep. is the tariff for? A tariff is supposed to protect local production, national production, against all reasons that we hear from child labor, artificial evaluation of the currency, all those yep. things. But he just yep. rejected the tariffs on Chinese-made manufactured solar panels coming into the United States. That there yeah. is treasonous. Yep. Oh, yeah, but the whole energy thing is treasonous. I mean, you should be, we have the right to select our own energy source. All right, I'm going to get to CJ, and she's got to calling in in just a little bit here. Uh, this has been a great discussion. Uh, thank you, Pianchi. Uh, and uh, despite uh, Warren at New Orleans Wake Up saying that you pay me, or I pay you. I think I pay you. And that we're all racist. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'll get to his comments probably later. I, I, maybe I'll copy him and, and respond to him tomorrow. I mean, a mental problem. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, no, he's, he's just directed in a certain way. I mean, he hates America. He hates white people. And he's got a vent on my show. That's okay. I don't mind. I mean, I'm open to it. I don't, you know, you can be controversial on my show. And I'll, I'll just call you on it. That's all. All right. CJ, uh, I'm going to play a theme from a previous wellness person because it's so good. So just when you hear Chancey Terry's name, just substitute CJ as this is CJ's wellness report. And CJ, I promise I will take this, redo it, put your name at the end of it, but the message is still the same. So I'm going to play this um, from a previous wellness report and we'll get back with CJ and our guest. What is health? What does it take to stay healthy? We have a longer lifespan than a hundred years ago. But is the quality of life any better? A hundred years ago, their food was better. They got more exercise. They weren't as fat. They didn't have preservatives, antidepressants, sugar in everything, and they didn't have vaccines. If you talk about alternative health care, people think of crystals, incense, strange candles, crystal balls, Ouija boards, notions, potions, lotions, and total hippies telling you to detox, man. So let's change our system of sick care into wellness. Let's get healthy. Let's lower our stress, stop taking in poisons, eat and drink organic, clean food, and let's have a chat with Chancey Terry, because this is Wine, Weed, and Wellness Wednesday. <laughs> Actually, it's CJ's, you know, wellness report, and it's Thursday. <laughs> but you know how it goes around here. 
we can do the best we can. But uh, I love the themes of, of that, and I had a great time writing that one. And so I'm just going to put your name on it uh, uh, because I think it's well worth doing. But it's, it's all that's, – that's wellness. That's what it's all about, right? Nice. Nice. Yeah. How are you doing? Nice. Well, good morning. I love your voice. Your voice is so ridiculously cute. I mean, it is. It's just adorable. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And I'm so sorry. I'm having a really hard time hearing you. Let me see. Okay. okay. Hold, hold on one second. Sure. Okay. All right. I think we're I finally broke down and got a new, a new phone, so I'm trying to figure out how to work it. Oh, okay. So, so it's not on my end then. That's good because Piaki's had no trouble hearing me, and we have your guest on the line too. So. Uh, oh, awesome! Awesome. Yeah, well, very yeah. good. Well, first of all, I will let your uh, listeners know. Um, I apologize in advance, and obviously, Greg, it's your show, so you run it how you see fit. But I do have to uh, get out a little bit early. Today, um, I'm just back-to-back today with with different things, and I have children here and painters here this morning. So, um, Oh, no. That's okay. Leave when you – I got got stuff. I got plenty of things to play. If you want to know our guest on for a couple extra minutes after I leave, that's that's totally up up to you. (laughs) It's funny you should say that. I'll tell you a quick story before we get to uh, uh, Sunny, I believe the name is, right? Or is that the name of the company? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'll let you introduce him. Okay, so remember what we did last time where you, we had the, the, the guest of the day theme and you actually did it yourself? You want to do that again? That <laughs> worked out so well last time. So here's, here's how it works. When you hear the drum roll, announce a name, uh, and then uh, you, can, you can describe them for about 30 seconds. That's how much uh, stuff you have. Uh, and, then, and then I'll bring on, on, on Sunny. So, uh, so, so you want to start off. Our guest of the day is? Our guest of the day is? Sunny and his Scalar um, Health Energy Enhancement Center, working with Frequency. He and his lovely wife have a center in Concord, North Carolina, and he is here to explain how some of his Frequency technology works. That's wonderful. I think you got slightly overbalanced by, I think your phone's a little bit... Uh, Weaker than the than the background music, but we'll find out when I listen to the podcast. Let's give him a round of applause. Hello, Sonny. Welcome to Action Radio. Well, thank you very much. I, uh, it's honored to be here. Well, good. Glad to have you. Um, yeah. So I'm going to actually turn this back over to uh, CJ because she knows you better than I do because this is the first time we've talked. <laughs> so I'm curious. Frequencies, <laughs> this is going to be so fascinating. This is going to be great because I do music. So frequencies, I, I love that kind of stuff. I mean, I play rock and roll at whatever frequency you know works. We'll talk about music a bit too. But, uh, uh, CJ, Sonny, have at it. Tell me what you, you guys do. And uh, we'll start with CJ. And uh, this is great. Well, um, you know, with what I do with some of my other podcasting and all the things related to what's going on in this world right now. Um, You know, I've been blessed to have many connections, such as connecting with you. And I have some good friends in the area where I live, in the Lake Norman area. Um, I'm in North Carolina, who I stay in contact with, you know, pretty, pretty, no pun intended, frequently. And um, they have called me and talked to me about what I already was you know, what I already knew about as far as frequencies and scalar energy and things like that, although I had not chosen to take a deep dive into it, um, but it was things that being in the podcast world that I have heard of, I was a little knowledgeable about, and they were telling me 
about some of the phenomenal um, benefits and results that he and his wife were having um, going some energy frequency treatments, I guess you could say. Like I said, Sonny will be able to describe that better. But um, by doing this about two hours a week, once a week, I think they've been going maybe for three, four months, something like that. Um, and so we were having some conversation about it, and he kept encouraging me to give Sunny a call and say, hey, you know, just go check it out. Just go see. It may or may not be for you, but just go check it out, have a conversation, you know, have a variety of things to offer to people that you know, whether you choose to do it or not. And so um, I decided that I would go ahead and do that. And so I went to the Scalar Energy Health Center um, that Sonny and his wife, you know, have opened opened up, and it is in Concord, North Carolina. And from what I know and the little bit of research I, I have done, there are several, quite a few centers scattered throughout the United States in different places, you know, and we can give you, you know, how to look up if you have one in your area. That would be information that Sonny could, pro- could provide you. And I know there are actually other individuals who are going to open up centers. A lot of times they're in their home on a small scale right now. Um, And, you know, so if you go on the site, it'll say coming soon or or something like that. The the other reason why I had gone to see Sunny is, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this on uh, the radio before or not, and this is a whole other guest that I can have on and a whole other conversation, but I choose to do thermography instead of mammograms. That's just my choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the you should explain the difference again. I, you should explain the difference again so people know what those yeah. two are. So when you go for traditional mammograms, right, as, as women, you're exposed to a lot of um, rays, just like you are with x-rays, right? It's, that's, that's what it is, Radi- radiation, all the things. And the only reason, in my opinion, that women do that is because it's the quote-unquote standard of the cabal. It's the standard of the government. It's the standard of what um, I like to call health insurance, sick insurance, will will pay for. So you go for whatever the government will cover you for, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, after years of – I don't even think I've had that many mammograms, honestly. I could probably count on one hand because being in the wellness industry, after choosing to educate myself – I switched quite a long time ago to alternative measures, doing like her scans, which are like ultrasounds, and then I switched to ther- thermography um, quite some time ago. So the lady so that thermography I, measures, uh, measures heat, right? So how how does that how does yeah. that work for for detecting breast cancer? Um, inflammation in the body, and so you can not only do it for for breast tissue, but you can do it for all all organs and everything in, in the body. So when you go in, you can just do a chest thermography, you can do a half body, a full body, you know, all the all the things. So that's what I've chosen to do, I would say, over the past, oh, I would say at least five or six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, yeah, at least. And so the amazing woman who I go to, I've kind of become a friend of hers. And when I was in there, focusing on some of my uh, minor challenges that I was having, I'm just going to say was and not, you know, not proclaim anything over myself that I was having as a result of having this virus. Um, she said to me, because I asked her, I said, this is how the subject came up after we were done with my thermography. 
I said, mm-hmm. and she's a patriot, and she's into all the conspiracy theories. Like, she's, she's into it all, right? So I said, what's your opinion? When are we getting these med beds? Tell me about, the, when, you know, when are we getting them? Are we ever going to get them? And, you know, we had a conversation about that, and she goes, listen. She goes, da-da-da, we had a conversation, and she said, I highly suggest you check into um, the scalar energy frequencies because this is, if not better or the next best thing that we actually have at right mm-hmm. now that been proven to improve i don't want to say cure right i want to be very careful with my words but to to help and benefit a lot of people who are struggling with some some health challenges and i was like you know i've already had conversations about this now you're telling me about this you know and then she recommended specifically sunny and i said okay i'll go check it out no promises no this but i'll go i'll go check it out and so I'm very grateful um, that I did because I had some great conversations with Sonny and his wife. Um, mm-hmm. And I go through a two-hour session. I think just because of my um, my hyperactivity level, I, I think I started getting squirmy about the last 15 minutes. Either that or I think I had to go to the bathroom <laughs> one or the other. But, but you know, I The information that you share never ceases to amaze me. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. We'll get to Sonny. So we'll get you in just a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, but, but I, I mean, I think for the first session, I mean, you just really lay there, and I had told Sunny, um, I could really feel it, almost like for me, it was like, you know how if your foot goes to sleep or something like that, it was almost like a little bit of tingling in certain areas of my body that I could feel when I was being exposed to the frequency. So like electric pads that- from a chiropractor or what? No, there was nothing physically on your body. They're screens. Okay. Now, again, Sonny can, can tell you this, but I'm just telling you kind of how I got there in my experience, and I'm going to no, kind no, of let him fine. take over. I, I like that, um, Yeah, I, I, I truly, truly feel like it did something for me in a positive, positive way. And, again, Sonny can correct me, you know, if I'm wrong, but, you know, because, again, this is not my area of expertise by any means. But mm-hmm. he did tell me, you know, there are some people, depending on what's going on with your body, that come in, they get no results. They feel nothing. They have to come mm-hmm. back several times, or maybe it doesn't work for them. There are some people that come in, and after the first time, whatever their challenge was, is completely gone. And, you know, my opinion is I would think that that would depend on, number one, how your body is receiving the frequencies, and I think everybody is different. Again, that's my opinion, without knowing anything about what I'm talking about. And, um, and, I mean, seriously, I don't know a lot about this. And the verity of whatever your challenge is. So when I walked in there, I knew that I had a specific challenge. And it wasn't, you know, a major challenge, but it was a significant enough challenge to make it known to me that it was hindering me a bit. And so I, I believe that it either helped get rid of what I was dealing with or significantly help to improve it with all the other things, you know, that I'm implementing in my, you know, my own personal wellness routines. Okay. Um, you well, know, let's let's get him on. Much. Let's, uh, I want to hear his story. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So just so to let you know, Sonny. How that, Sonny? Well, that hold on. I muted him just for a second. I was getting a little background noise on, on Sonny's line. So, Sonny, I leave your line live. So if you want to, uh, if there's any background noise or the dogs are barking, you just mute yourself and then come back on when, uh, you know, um, just to let you know. So I leave your line. Everybody's line is live here and everything gets podcast. So, you know, and whatever out there just stays on the show. So back to you. 
Okay. Uh, I want to hear your story. I want to hear about Scalar, everything, and uh, and what CJ is talking about. And tell, him, tell me all about it. Tell me your story. Well, our center is called Scalar Health Enhancement Center. And we're in actually Kannapolis, which is very, it's almost part of Concord. But, uh, and we've been here, we actually opened uh, December 27th. And we have eight units here. Now, the way Scalar works, Scalar is something that is, well, not known by a lot of people. It's been, it was I've discovered clear back in, yeah. uh, it was discovered clear it. back in 1831 by James wow. Clark Maxwell. And, uh-huh. and then uh, Nikola Tesla did a lot of work with Scalar. And him. then also, yeah, and also uh, Albert Einstein uh, demonstrated the uh, awareness of it. So it's huh. something that has been around. It's a, it's a natural force that's in the world, actually. And it is what both is it? naturally occurring and what is it? What, what is it? it? Is, yeah, uh, scalar energy is... It's kind of hard to explain because it's outside of the normal uh, we got physics time. that we we consider. All right. So I was a, I was a, energy flight, is, I was a flight instructor, so I'm used to making complex things simple. So we'll we'll, we'll take it on. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll make it easy for anybody to understand, or at least best right. we can. Go ahead. Okay. Scalar energy is considered nonlinear, which means mm-hmm. it cannot go on a straight. It doesn't go on a straight line. You can't mm-hmm. focus it. Like for instance, light can be uh, linear because you can create a flashlight that creates a beam or a laser that can create a beam, but mm-hmm. scalar doesn't. It actually goes in a consecutive, in a circular pattern that just fills an area and keeps expanding. But it also it actually goes in a pattern that's a lot like our DNA and turns in the same way that our DNA does. So it is in uh, sync with the energy of our DNA. And okay, so hold on, hold on, with, hold on. Uh, this is interesting. So, so hmm? DNA, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of double helix, right? So we've got our, our DNA strands. Yeah. Um, so scalar, does it turn and twist? Because usually light's either a wave or a particle or both. And I keep forgetting how that all works. But basically, as I understand this, what you're saying, and we're going to get more complex as we go, um, that does, these, does this energy... When I think of circular, originally I was thinking like a, 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 a pedal, pebble gets dropped in the water and the pattern expands out in a circular mm-hmm. fashion. That's not what we're talking about. This actually, this actually mimics the double helix, the energy. Right. Well, basically, it, the shape is actually quite similar to the helical structure of DNA. Oh, uh, right. waves and DNA both spin in a clockwise motion, so they're okay. in harmony. Uh, right. And... Because when the energy is created, basically it's caused by when they create it mechanically, it's mm-hmm. two energies coming together that kind of collide. They actually cancel each other out because they're out of sync with each other and they collide. Like opposing create, waves? We are, talking like opposing right. waves? Like, and so like it, noise canceling? Sometimes they call okay. it zero-point energy. It's the okay. same thing as scalar energy. Hmm. And scalar energy actually works outside of and this is something that a, hard, a lot of people have trouble understanding and, and picturing, but it actually works outside of our dimension because it actually has, uh, there's no limitation of, of uh, space or time. And skater waves can carry in information and nothing stops them. They keep traveling. You have, what are you they? Can have walls and all the electromagnetic, they, what are they it's, a, it's a radiant form. So electromagnetic it's, it's a radiant we're form about? of energy. Okay. So there's two different energies that are slightly different. One is electromagnetic, which mm-hmm. uh, it diminishes over, over space and time. But right. scalar doesn't. 
it continues going because it has a natural form outside of the uh, fourth third dimension as we live in it here and so it goes through everything without stopping if you can have a three foot thick uh metal wall and it'll go through it like it wasn't there it won't slow it down it won't like stop an x-ray it, it won't like an x-ray only, it's only more than stopped. that because even okay. an x-ray can be stopped by a lead wall right but skater so can't Sonny, let me ask you this this is what you're what you're saying so here's my first question so what describes the best that you can like what i was feeling because you said some people feel things some people don't mm-hmm. that would be the first question i have for you and then the second question um explain like how long whatever your the, the frequencies whatever you're receiving right from it um how long does it last is it it because since I've been in there, I'm telling you, and again, I don't know if it was just that or a combination of things that I'm doing. So I, I cannot say, but what I can tell you, like I said, is I've seen a significant improvement almost to zero with the challenge that I was facing when I came in there, you know. So, you know, for some people, can it just take care of it after that, which I have heard? Or if you could answer those two questions, that would be great. Right. Okay. Well, everybody's different, as you mentioned, CJ. And so how they respond to it has a lot of different factors, everything from state of mind to uh, toxic levels in their body to the less stress levels that they uh, have in their body that they, in the circumstances that they live in, to the way their diet is, to whether they're taking kind of drugs, it's all, all kinds of things that affect each person differently. So as far as the energy goes, first thing it does is it works into your in your body when your body responds to it it increases the energy level of the mitochondria in the cells which is where the energy for our body comes from and actually a healthy body every cell maintains about between 70 to 90 millivolts of energy in each cell well when that gets if that gets lowered by any for any purposes it starts causing disease for instance cancer operates in a 20 to 40 millivolt area uh, so if you raise the millivolt above that, then it helps get rid of that cancer. Well, the scalar energy increases the millivolts in your body so that it gets back to a healthy structure. Now, I need to make it clear that this scalar energy doesn't heal you. What it does is it gives your body the energy it needs and kind of kickstarts its own ability to heal itself. It increases mm-hmm. your uh, immune response by, by 149% or better. And right. it's been proven in, in laboratory that uh, 149% is what they're saying and it improves it. But in some cases, it's more, some cases, it's less. And when you're in the system and you are in that energy, once you leave, it continues working within your body for several days afterwards because of the fact that what it does is that it starts the systems in your body working the way they're supposed to. So that right. you know, your a- body... Okay, go you ahead. Know, our- you know, we always say that, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but on the top radio, we kind of do that, so I hope I'm so sorry. Um, but, you know. No, that's our problem. Our body, are, you know, as, as we know, our bodies are designed to heal themselves. So what I look at this as, exactly. just like with anything I do, you know, in, in my wellness practice, is that sometimes your body just need, needs a jump start. It needs help to detoxify. It needs mm-hmm. help to cleanse because of, we cannot 
in any way prevent the external stimulus and the external factors that we are exposed to, you know, which is a whole other subject that we won't get into because I think Greg and I have talked about it, you know, all the toxins, toxins, all the free radicals. You know, we just can't, right? We have to live in this world. So exactly. it is what it is. And, you know, this is just another way of helping the body to do what God has designed it to do, which is to heal itself and repair itself and all the things. So that's kind of what I'm getting from what you were saying. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Now, the thing is, as I t- when I talk to people here, you know, a lot of focus has always been about how to avoid uh, your toxins and things like this, but it's gotten to the point that there's no way to avoid them. You have to shift your, your uh, attention from avoiding because there's no way to avoid food, water, air, anything, everything, uh, everything we use has to be, uh, is, it's got toxins and that affect our body. So we have to make our uh, attention to the area that says, how do we handle, have, help our body to deal with it, to stay healthy and to deal with it. And that's where these, these energies come in because what we have to do first, and one of the, for instance, one of the first things that dealing with the scalar and energies are that are in the center is it increases cell permeability. Now, that's, that's a two-way street. One, it helps the, the cells to flush out the toxins out of them into the bloodstream for your body to get rid of. And so, therefore, you get a dump of toxins that you have to get rid of, and that's why we highly recommend that people who have inner session, uh, first few sessions at least, go home and take a hot uh, sea salt soak bath to help get rid of the extra toxins so that they avoid a Hertzheimer effect, which is a backup of the toxins in the system. So well, first you thing know, you have to I do is get that, rid of the toxins. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, Sunny, when I did that, when I got home, you know, because I remember you talking, you know, about that. And I do de- I've done detox baths even before I came to, to see you. But it makes sense after, you know, going through a session. When I got home and I did that and then I jumped in the cold shower to close up my pores and whatnot, I mean, I, I would say I, I felt pretty good. I felt fine, but I did feel a little bit nauseous, like not like I had anything in me to throw up, but like a little bit of dry heave, and, but then mm-hmm. it passed 20 minutes. But, you know, I think that's um, amazing, you know, because I could tell in the water more so than what I do when I take a once-a-week detox bath, which I do anyway personally. I could tell a little mm-hmm. bit of a of a difference as far as the bath water and just because I had the dry heat for a little bit after that. But I and, but I took that as that was a good. So. Right. So your your body was getting rid of the toxins that it needed to get rid of, and that's where the now you've got three organs in your body that get rid of the toxins. You've got your liver, your kidneys, and your skin. Uh, liver and kidneys continue working. That's why you want to hydrate to make sure that your body can flush those toxins. But also, when you take this the soap bath, you open up the pores of the body. You sweat, it, and those toxins are are pushed out of your system and you're able to clean those off and get rid of them because it's a lar- the largest organ of the body and therefore gets rid of it a lot faster. Once you get rid of those toxins, your body has the ability to, to turn more energy towards healing because when you have the toxins in your body, your body's energy is taken up with trying to protect you from all those toxins. So therefore, you don't want 
you got you have to get rid of them before you can actually start healing. So that's one of the first steps that need to be got done is the detox. And so this, with the energy of the center that we have, detox is one of the first things that happens. And so once you get rid of those toxins, your body has the energy to work with it. Now, as you work with that, and you have, have your body increase your uh, immune response and get rid of the toxins, increase the millivolts uh, in your energy cells, then all those things allow your body to do the work it was designed to do. Your body was designed to heal itself, to regenerate uh, it, its body uh, and whatever's necessary and to clean itself up and to maintain its health. However, because of our toxins, because of our lifestyles, we, have, uh, we do things that counter our body's ability to heal. And so when you go into the system, now, when we go, we talked about scalar, but when you go into the system here, there are several other energies that are working with there as well. We have scalar energy, we have photon energy, and we have several other bioactive energies that are all there that all work with your system to improve its ability to take care of itself. And when you come in, and as you said, you come in and you relax down. We have, we have seats, they all recline. And the better you can relax, the better it works for you. Because when you have your eyes open and your mind engaged, your mind uses up to 80% of the body energy that you have available. And that's why most healing is done at night when you're sleeping. When you're in the, in the system, the better you can relax, the more energy you have to work towards your healing. And so one of the, the things between different people is how, uh, how are they able to relax? Can they relax enough down? We, uh, we suggest a minimum of two-hour session simply because for most people it takes about a half an hour or more for just for them to get the monkey mind to slow down and to get rid of all of the, well, I got to feed the dog when I got home and, oh, I've got that appointment tomorrow. All the different things that go through your mind. You want to relax down and just if you can sleep, that's great. Uh, the closer you can get to sleep, the better. But the energy works in the body, but everyone is individual. And as an example, I know of one gentleman who went to a, uh, a, a system, and it wasn't one of ours, it wasn't ours, but it was another one of the centers, and he was on dialysis. He had a four-hour session, and when he came out, he had functioning kidneys, but, which is remarkable. But yet we also know of another gentleman who had the same condition, but it took over 40 to 50 hours of, of uh, sessions over several months in order to be able to reach the same thing. So, so each funny, body... What's the measuring tool, like, for those things? Did they go have tests? Did they, like, how did, how, how did they get to that conclusion that it helped after well, basically, so many hours? Well, basically... Uh, if you have fun, you know, functioning kidneys, a lot of them have gone back to doctors and been tested to find out that the condition they had before was, okay, was gone. Uh, for instance, we had one uh, lady who came in here to our center, and she has uh, diabetes. And before she came, she had gone to the doctor, and the doctor said, well, your, your numbers are all off, and I'm going to give you a prescription to bring those numbers back into line. So she gave her a prescription, but the woman came here, took a two-hour session, and after the session, she went back to the doctor, and the doctor said, well, that medicine worked great because uh, your numbers are all back where they should be, except for one thing. The woman never picked up the prescription. She just came, to, came here and went through a two-hour session, and it aligned her numbers well enough so that 
the doctor said she was back online where she should have been. Uh, that was one case. We've had uh, a number of cases of pain reduction is a, a fast thing. Uh, a lot of people get rid of pain because it eliminates and slows down inflammation. Uh, we've had uh, different things for tumors that have gotten, uh, gotten smaller. We've had uh, different circulation problems that have been improved, eyesight improvement. Um, a lot of these things are some of the initial ones, but uh, very quickly, let me tell you about my own personal story because it kind of points out what can happen. A little over a month or so before we got our equipment, I ended up in the hospital with uh, COVID pneumonia. And when I went in, I, was so, I got so sick that the doctors told my wife to be prepared because I was not going to make it. There was no way I could. I was too sick. I, was, I couldn't survive. However, uh, long story short, I did survive. I got out of there, but by the time I got out, I was on oxygen, and I went, you know, we got our equipment about that time, and I had started out with four, uh, four liters of oxygen when I got out of the hospital. I got it down to about three liters, but I kind of plateaued. I couldn't seem to get it below that. I was trying to work myself off of oxygen. So I went into the center when we got the, uh, the equipment in, and when I first went in, I was on oxygen. And for the first two days, I didn't notice that much, but by the third and fourth day, all of a sudden, my need for the oxygen melted away. Within two days, I went from three to two to one and a half to zero uh, liters of oxygen, and I was off oxygen in two days. At that point, I was on off, off oxygen, but I was still weak, and I still, you know, was just, just getting enough air to keep going. And I went to the doctor and found out that uh, about two-thirds of my lungs was mostly destroyed. Uh, I was only operating about one third of my lungs capacity because the other two thirds had been so wracked by the, uh, the by the sickness that they were it was pretty much gone. So I started spending more time in the center, and so far now it's been about four months since that time, a little over four months, and my lungs have regenerated almost 100%. I'm back to almost 100% of capacity right now and my stamina and my strength are coming back. It literally regenerated my lungs. So now it took quite a bit of time to do that because it was a big job, but that's some of what can be done through this because in this case, this is what I did. I came from about one third of my lungs operating correctly to almost 100% of my lungs correctly. So that's the type of thing that can happen and does happen continually. When you work with your body and give it what it needs, the body can heal anything because your immune system is designed to overcome disease, to overcome the different problems that are, are coming in and can deal with, and it deals with. However, now for instance, your body knows, is, is intelligent. It knows what is wrong with it. So when you come into the energy and you, know, you bring in this extra energy that gives it a chance to heal itself. It takes that energy, when you accept it in, it takes that energy and goes to the top of a priority list that the body sets up, and it starts working at the highest priority, and it starts working itself down that priority list. We've had people that come in and say, well, I came in for such and such, but it didn't seem to do much for that. However, it didn't work on that because what they were looking for was actually only a symptom of something else. When it started working on the cause, eventually that symptom went away because the cause was taken care of. 
Now, for, because of the fact that sometimes a lot of things going on in your body that may be healing, you can't always be, you're not everybody's that uh, aware of what's going on in their bodies. And so a lot of times they feel like there's not a lot happening. But one thing we've done here is we brought in a, uh, a system that is a uh, quantum magnetic resonance analyzer, body analyzer. And what we do is we do free body scans so, and give the people uh, a uh, summary report of what's going on in their body. And by doing those periodically, they can see changes in what's going on in their body. They can see where the improvements are coming through and what's getting better. And it gives them an, uh, a, a, a solid something to look at to see what's actually going on in their, in their bodies. So by doing that, even you know, most people can feel the energy and they feel things that are going better. But a lot of the things that are going on that are really important, the smaller things that are making the systems work better in your body, you're not always aware of. And this, uh, this body scan helps give them the idea of what is going on and how it's, it's traveling. So Yeah, I, w- I want to jump in here energy, a little bit before, as okay. soon as you're done. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead and jump in. Okay, um, because I want to get this in before CJ, which has probably has to go in the next you know six or seven minutes. Um, I want to know how this does what it does. I want to understand. We, we were talking initially um, about uh, and CJ's questions are great, but um, for me, I'm more looking at this from the scientific end of it in terms of the technology. Mm-hmm. What exactly is this? What kind of wave or particle are we doing, and how is it affecting the body directly? And why doesn't the, the sun do this? Or why doesn't, uh, how come we don't have a natural ability to generate this energy? What's, uh, what is it about, why do we need a machine to do this? And, and what exactly does that machine do? Well, actually, our, if the, our bodies were operating the way they were supposed to, if our minds were educated to the point that we could allow it, we didn't have some of the things we deal with in our society, our bodies would do this by themselves. It is, okay. they are capable of doing it without the equipment. However, because of the way our society is currently set up and certain challenges our bodies face in maintaining, this is just a tool to help remind the body and give it that extra boost, that extra energy necessary for it to do what it needs to do. Okay, so let's, so let's, talk, about it, the, let's, let's talk about the machine itself. Do you plug it in? Mm-hmm. Does it run on electricity? Um, does it, do you, you know, is it like, electron, like an x-ray thing? Do people wear lead shields? What exactly is it? No. How does it, how does it do what it okay. does? Basically, this, the EE system designed by Dr. Sandra Rose Michael is actually a system of uh, computers and screens with specialized programming coming through them. Now, this is really unusual because up until this time, there was nothing beneficial energetically coming out of computers. In fact, there's a lot of things come out of them that's not too good, you know, the EMFs, uh, frequencies, etc. However, what she did with her programming in, in a certain way, there's a certain, I mean, it's, it's like a black box. You know, it, we don't know exactly. Okay. She doesn't let us know exactly what's going on. But the way it works is that it counters that EMF. It puts out the, uh, the energy that fills EMF. the room. Which will, well, well yeah, it puts out, no, it doesn't put out EMF. It counters EMF, right. What is and EMF? it counters EMF. EMF is the dirty, what they call dirty electricity. The shedding uh, through... Uh, electronic devices, uh, Wi-Fi devices, electronics in the, in the walls, things like this, which is basically EMF by high power lines, uh, cell towers, etc. Basic, it's an incomplete cycle of energy. 
and because it's kind of broken. And when that affects your ions? body, your body runs. Positive ions is not an ion. Ions? It's it's an actual electronic wave. Now, because okay. elect, uh, the electronics work in a cycle, and right. this is a broken cycle that is the dirty electric. In our bodies, it runs on electricity, and okay. in complete cycles. But when you get this, these broken cycles come in, interfering with the electronics of the body, it upsets that because it is taking in incomplete cycles that interrupt and uh, cause problems with the flow of energy within the body. Hmm. So that 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 causes uh, slowdown to this, or causes uh, disinformation going through as far as uh, the electronic signals going through your body, because we all we know about uh, the meridians in the body, we know about pathways of the energy going through the body. It works on electromagnetic and so also communicates your nerve impulses, or, or or what is it changing? It, well, it actually changes the electronic flow in the nerve impulses. So okay. nerve impulses are electronic, but it, it interferes with the electronic flow in your body. And that's the communication signals. That's the, all, how the body works as far as communicating with each other and coordinating all the aspects of your body. So that's where... You, where uh, okay. No, keep going. Go ahead. I, I, I have too many questions for you. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Keep <laughs> that's going. kind of how... When you talk about acupuncture, you know, actual, right. acupuncture is all about... Uh, helping to uh, open up clogged energy flow. And that's, that's something that this does as well, because it uh, increases the ability of the body to uh, put the electronic flow where it should be, at the levels it should be, and to break down the, uh, the blocks to flow. Now, the blocks to flow are kind of like, as an analogy, if you've got a stream, uh, a, a small river or whatever going down, and a storm comes through and blows a tree down into the, into the water. Okay, mm-hmm. at first, that's just a slight uh, blockage. But then, as time goes on, that, that tree there holds back other branches, other things going on, and slowly builds up, builds up, builds up, until it can actually block the full flow of, this, of the water. Well, that's kind of how this works energetically, is that it causes blockages in your energy flow. And if they're mm-hmm. not taken care of, if they're not treated or uh, dealt with, then they continue backing up uh, problems and energy doesn't get through the way it should. And it causes continually worsening conditions, which become disease, which can become different kinds of conditions. Now, when the uh, energy is able to open those blocks and help the flow go through better energy-wise, then right. the body is able to clean itself out and re- uh, regenerate and heal. Okay. That makes sense? Uh, it does, but I'm just curious because, like I say, I just had a chiropractic adjustment yesterday. So that opens up blockages uh-huh. for all kinds of things of nerve impulses. Acupuncture uh, designed right. to work with that. So what does your, right. your scalar energy do that can't be done with chiropractic, uh, acupuncture, um, yoga, things like that. What's, what's different? Why does it need the electronic well, aspect? We, well, this energy, what it does, it works through the entire system. When you're working with chiropractic, with uh, acupuncture, etc., you're usually working on a specific uh, condition or for, you're aimed at a particular uh, aspect of the body. With the energy, it's an all-encompassing thing because your body can take the energy and put it wherever it's needed. And you don't even have to know what's wrong because your knowledge of what we call a disease 
has nothing to do with this body's ability to heal it. So when you're there and when you're in the energy and the Mm -hmm. body accepts that energy, like I said, it, it has its knowledge of what's actually wrong. And so therefore it takes that energy and uses it to its on its priority list of what needs to be cured, what, where that energy needs to go, what has to be done first, second, third, et cetera, and it works throughout the body. Now, okay. one of the things it does is... Uh, well, I was going to say, do you tailor oh, this to the individual? Yourself. Do you prescribe no, based no. on weight? I mean, how do, you, how do you determine how much of, of this energy to give each person? We don't. The body does. When you come okay. into a room... We have, say, we have currently the ability to put 14 people into a room at the same time. And every one of them is going to have something different going on. But hmm. the energy going out, the body accepts that energy and uses it how the body needs it to be used. And so, therefore, and the fact is, the more people that are in the room, the stronger mm-hmm. the energy. Because each body really? becomes a, uh, yes, because it, it doesn't absorb the energy and lessen it. It actually Re, uh, becomes a, a, a source of additional energy being put out because of the way it responds to the energy. So the more people in the room, the stronger the energy. And each person is individual as to how it uses that energy and what it needs to heal. So if I have 14 people in there and there's 14 different conditions, it doesn't matter because each mm. body takes the energy, starts healing what is wrong with them and does that kind of work. So it's not like it's channeled. When you're doing uh, most other uh, types of treatments are geared mm-hmm. towards a specific condition. And therefore, and that might, if we don't, if we haven't if, uh, effectively found the cause of that condition, we're, a lot of times we're treating the symptoms rather than the cause. And that's what most medicine does these days, particularly drugs. They usually treat or cover over symptoms. But what this energy does is instead of going to the symptom, it goes towards the cause, which we may not even know what that is, but the body does. And so each body decides on how the energy is used, and that's where that's the beauty of this, because it doesn't require you to know what exactly is wrong. When you go in, there's just certain things that you will be aware of, and when you go in there, you'll find different things that will happen. For instance, we had a woman come in who had a lot of back pain. In the last six months, she's been having back pain that she hasn't been able to get rid of no matter what she tried. She tried a lot of different things. To our session, she gets up from the chair, and she stops. She looks back at the chair, and she says, it didn't hurt to get up. My back doesn't hurt. And she had gotten rid of all the pain from her back. A week later, she came back. I said, how's your back? She says, it's still gone. It's still good. She came for a number of weeks to mm-hmm. work with her whole body, and that pain never, ever came back. She never had a problem with it again. Uh, so things like this happen continually. It's all, but it's all individual as to what each body requires, and it uses the intelligence of the body to direct the energy to what is needed and starts working on that for that particular body and working through the processes of the necessar- that are necessary for it to heal. Yeah, see, I'm always, I'm always a little, uh, I'll be honest, suspicious about something that seems like a one-size-fits-all medicine, because uh, I know they do it with right. vaccines, and those are horrible. Now, I'm not equating what you're doing with the, 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 the deadly COVID jab, but, or remdesivir. Everybody gets remdesivir for, uh, for, for COVID, and, of course, that ends up with ventilators and death. So I understand all that, right. but I'm, I'm just I'm curious as to how one treatment can cure so many different things uh, and how it actually gets in the body. Now, we started off, um, CJ mentioned frequencies, uh, like sound frequencies. 
I understand that. Is, is oh, that, it's not sound. Heard, in this case. It's, it's not sound. Okay. <clears throat> what you're no. dealing with is not sound, right? There's no so sound. It's a different kind of energy. Okay. It's Taylor energy, I, it's photon energy, oh, and different electronic energies. I'm still here. Okay, I'm multitasking. Um, I looked into, like, a lot of, like, some of the videos and information online, and it is a tough concept to get your head around. Um, but, you know, general, all different types of frequencies have different types of healing benefits. I'm, I'm trying to figure mm-hmm. out the words to healing benefits. And I think some are easier to understand than others. And I think it's something that you actually have to ex- experience because it is a different thing. It's almost like when we talk about, um, let's say, like the med beds, right? Half the people think we're crazy when we talk about that. What, like, what's a med bed? What are they? Spell you that know? so we understand uh, it. Cecilia, what's a med bed or med bed? Spell that. Well, from my oh. understanding, from my understanding, it's a technology that can, and again, this is far out, and I've not had any exposure to it. I'm just hearing like what I have heard from people who I've interviewed, right, mm-hmm. is where it can regenerate certain limbs. It can regenerate certain things in the body. Like we don't even know if Trump's been in a med bed to make him as useful as he is and as he appears. Um, you know, I, I've just heard different things. I and mean, these are things, though, that, uh, that people, like even with, with mm-hmm. anything, it's not for everyone. But take the information, go research it for yourself. Um, Plus, I'm doing now. <laughs> this is why I like having you, you guys know, on. But yeah, med yeah. bed. I, mean, I, think I think that's spell, awesome. You know, and yeah, just, spell you it know, out for me. Med bed. Is it med, B-E-D? M-E-D. All right. One more. M-E-D, M-E-D, B-E-D-S. M-E-D. Med bed. Plasma and tachyon energy is what med beds utilize. Okay. And there's three different types of med beds, basically. From, from the inform- oh, Again, I don't have personal uh, experience with the med beds yet because it's still technology that has not been released. But based upon the, uh, the information that we've gotten so far, and we're still waiting to see it actually being released, but uh-huh. to the information we understand at this point, there are three types of med beds. One actually will, re- will regenerate limbs, regenerate... Uh, organs, things like this, throughout the body, and another one will actually re- re- reduce age, will actually uh, regress age. And then there's another one who works with the energies of the mind and all and can deal well, with how, PTSD how, and all different kinds of If you can regress ones. age, that's, like, that's immortality. So how, how far are we, are we talking well, about just some of the symptoms of aging or actual aging? Uh, actually, it actually re- can regenerate the health of the body and the look of the body, but as, as to the again to the best of our uh, information, you can only do it like three times and you only go back so far. It's not okay fully because uh, this regeneration is all the way back. With with all the people that are doing diets and all the people that are doing plastic surgery and all the people that are doing all the things they're doing, mm-hmm. spending billions. It's a multi-billion-dollar industry uh, for people to look younger. Yep. So how long has this technology mm-hmm. been out? Because if it's patented and, and a company has it, I mean, th- this would be multi-billion dollars by itself, reducing age. Well, the technology, that's that. the thing. The technology is one of the hidden patents at this point. We've been hearing okay. information, but it has not been released to the public yet. It's being well, used by... The public, uh, but, the, but the machines that do it, you know, in other words, it's mm-hmm. like the Coca-Cola formula hasn't been released to the public either, but people have been drinking it for 100 years. So it's not the releasing right, but of the, the, these of machines the have not been released for use. Had not been released for use by the public. Okay, we haven't right. seen so them yet. All we have is the FDA. Right. So 
or would that be no be beyond uh well until the current well, I'm, I'll go into dangerous things if I start talking about that political stuff. Uh, but no, I'm uh, just curious who would license it. As, uh, which which branch of the government would license it? Well, it be it actually under military control at this point. Oh wait a minute! And, okay, so now, uh, now you got my interest. Okay, so we're talking DARPA. No, it, well, it's it's actually beyond DARPA. It's it's some of the beyond hidden DARPA. technology okay. that has that not been released. Yeah, that is. I, I agree with that. Which, Again, just because of other interviews and things that I have done, I can say, Greg, like that is what I have heard from a lot of of people and individuals, without a doubt. Well, it sounds it's like it's classified. If it's classified, we can't talk about it. But if it's not classified, we can talk about it. Are we dealing with classified information No, we can here? talk about it. Just We can talk about it. But unfortunately, we don't have uh, – we don't have it – to actually look at, experience, and try yet. It's all about what is available that should, or that will be released if once the point, we reach a point where they can release some of the hidden uh, patents, the 7,000 patents that they've been withheld from the public. Uh, it's one of those things that is... If I tell you it's alien technology, if I tell you it's alien technology, then... Someone's reviewed them at the patent oh, office. I, I mean, that seven thousand is a lot of pounds. I mean, just I'm just nosy. Mm-hmm. I just like to I just like to follow these things through. That's what I'm asking you. Well, right. It just think about all the tech. If we think about all the technologies and all the things mm-hmm. that have been kept from us and all the things that have been hidden from us, just in general, right? Just mm-hmm. as a general state, from what we know now versus what we knew four years ago, mm-hmm. you know, that is a uh, it's a very plausible thing that there are so many. Not just this, but, you know, you talk about the ivermectin, you talk about all the different well, I was going to say hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin were hidden from people, even though those were the cures and remdesivir right, is death. Right, right. So I understand so that. Very, yeah, so it's very plausible for me that there are so mm-hmm. many other healing technologies out there that there's only a handful of people that know about. So that's why I think, for me, being a part of this movement and this community to have mm-hmm. resources to use your own to mm-hmm. know what works best for you. For you, what you, you know what I mean? It's because most people have not even been exposed to the information to even question it. So questioning stuff, I think, is a great thing. Um, But again, most people have not been exposed to the information to even start to question it or think about it. Oh no! But like I say, this is well, my first time any- hearing this. But there's 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 a ton of questions. Like uh, the military, you know, COVID was created in a bioweapons lab in in North Carolina mm-hmm. uh, by the defense. Right. Uh, Peter McCullough confirmed that on the show. So did uh, uh, Robert Malone. They both been on the show. They both talked about DARPA mm-hmm. and COVID. So the fact that this is coming up as a military thing again, you know, I'm immediately thinking, well, this, is it a bioweapon or is it a manipulated technology or is it something that, you know, the, the, the elite globalists are keeping for themselves? And what does it actually do? Because yes. this would be this would be like number two on the stock market tomorrow if it was if it was released. If the, if the company actually did this, mm-hmm. you know, re- reversed aging. Just because of how right. the, the world's been looking for the fountain of youth uh, forever. Right. If you think about, as in, uh-huh. just as a quick example, sure. with the things that went with Tesla, and you know what happened with Tesla, and for instance, uh, J.P. Morgan was financing his development of uh, wireless energy, until J.P. Morgan found out there was no way to charge for it, and then they shut it down and hid the technology, because wireless, uh, no-cost energy is can be uh, uh, can be created. 
and Tesla was setting that up. He had understood how it worked, and uh, they were doing it until they found out they couldn't charge for it. They couldn't put a meter on it. They couldn't make money on it. So then they shut it down so it didn't harm their control of the power grid. Uh, that was one of the things that was hidden, and that's one thing that's uh, not been available to us because they didn't want it available to us. There's a lot of things like that, but that's just a quick example of the type of things that we are aware of that has not been released to the public because it would interfere with the profits of huge multinationals and elites. So when you think about that, when you think about that, how far do you have to stretch to find all kinds of other things that have been hidden and held withheld because they would interfere with the medical monopoly and their money and profits, the, the pharmaceuticals, et cetera, with uh, the electrical and with oil and with all the different uh, ways that the uh, elites make their, their trillions of dollars every year. And if, if these things could come out and all of a sudden wipe all that out, do you think they're going to let that happen? No, not if they can avoid it. So how many things are there? Only your, your imagination can go pretty wild on how many possibilities, everything from we know that the military has hovercraft available, uh, hover technology, uh, uh, anti-gravity, basically, that they, can, they have a way of using. But wait, 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 hold, not hold, right in not right, hold, hold on. Hovercraft? I don't know what hovercraft is because I've ridden in them across the English Channel on a hovercraft. It's basically a cushion of air, mm-hmm. you know, pushing up. So, so right. but anti-gravity? Well, what, do you, what do you mean by that? Uh, they've actually got... Uh, they've. They actually have work with anti-gravity. We're getting to a lot of other areas, which probably... No, this is bad thing. But wait a minute, because if you've got the electronics, you know, you've got the computers you're talking about. My last question is going to be how this was happening in the 1800s when you first mentioned 1830, because they didn't have computers then. Mm -hmm. So how are they doing scalar energy? And and, and what what are the computers able to do now that they they weren't able to do back then? And did it really work back then? Well, in 1859, when uh, when, uh, it was first discovered by James Maxwell, it was a a mathematical formula. And it wasn't until Tesla, that Tesla proved uh, its, its, uh, its existence and created some things in order to show its existence. And that was back in the 1930s uh, or so. And, uh, you know, and things like a Royal Rife in the 1930s. He actually cured cancer until his stuff was uh, taken out and stopped because it was curing cancer. Um, and that was electronics, but they used at that point they used uh, the vacuum tubes and things like that. And they created. He was able to create something that would actually cure cancer. And he they had a time when he they gave him a, a test, and he took 16 people that were terminal, and they couldn't do anything for it. And he ended up curing all 16 of them. And it was is that uh, documented in the medical journals? Is, is there a place to look? It that was up not, because... Yes, it was documented back then, but then. Once there was went out and there were articles that came out about the uh, wonderful world of no disease, it's coming up to da da da, and then mm-hmm. the medical decided that this was not in their best interest. They started pulling those articles, they started hiding them, and they started and they came down on Rife and stopped his his research and basically did things to stop him. Uh, hmm. Now some of the things going you? on now are based. Are they doing uh, that to you? Not all? for us at this point. Uh, okay. Right now we are. Under a church, our, actually, our, we have a, a 508C1A church. What's it's the name called, of the church? It's uh, called Free Spirit Humanitarian Church. 
okay. freespiritchurch.org. Uh, and it, what it is, it's not a 501c3 church, which is under government control. It's a 508c1a church, which is under government exclusion. So it excluded the government under the, uh, by being under the actual uh, constitution. So, but by being there as a, a church, that we utilize this technology to work with people and help people under the auspices of the church rather than as a profit-making uh, facility. We are not oh, a nonprofit. This, right. This so money free, not spirit church, no. free spirit church, free spiritchurch.org, right? Right. Okay. And, uh, but uh, okay. so anyway, there are ways people have to protect themselves when they're trying to do things to help people. Huh. This is fascinating. Yeah. So, um, and if I may, Greg, only because I'm going to have to jump off here in a minute. And I hope we you all can have hear to go to the, uh, I just want to everybody's yeah. contact yeah. information. And, yeah, and, and thank you but, uh, uh, for coming on, Sonny. Go ahead, CJ. No, the, um, the rice machines, if you look those up, the rice technology and stuff, um, I just started doing a little bit of research on that my, myself. And it's very interesting. And I think either rice machines or something like that, because I actually talked with my podcast partner, um, you can purchase things like that or a rice machine, something like that along those lines for huh. your home. So I've been aware of the rice technology that has been amazing. And um, my podcaster partner, she has actually used them. I don't know if she and her husband, she and her husband are supposed to be investing with them. They are not inexpensive. Um, but if you look up that technology and the background behind it, um, that is an amazing, amazing te- technology, uh, mm. and it is be a lot of the future, a lot of the futuristic technology, whatever it is, right? That we know is being suppressed. So you have to dig, you have to look into it, and mm-hmm. you know it's much full of thought that not one shoe fits all. You know, it's like it's like going to get a pedicure, right? You have five different options for pedicures. You know, which one is best for you? You know, but knowing your options, you know, I think is a really good thing. Well, that makes sense. Um, I was hoping to get uh, Sonny to give uh, websites again because he left the conversation yes. here. But freespiritchurch.org.org. Uh, any other contact information from you can give? And, and he's a great guest. I really appreciate having him on. So tell him. Thank, I was going to thank him, but if you can thank him for me, that would be great. Uh, it was it was definitely. Uh, uh, yeah, he left. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have any contact information, we should get your contact information. And you just, if you can speak up just a little tiny bit, you're kind of quiet. But let's get his information that you have that you can give out and your information. And we're done. Okay. I was going to say, me being quiet, that's like never happens. No, okay. you're not quiet, but your phone is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, two things. My, my, my business email is h2owellnessnetwork at gmail.com. That's h2owellnessnetwork at gmail.com. And what I would say, um, I think I had texted you, there's many of these centers all over the United States that individual people have opened up with this equipment. So I would just look up maybe scalar energy health or frequency healing. And I know there is a site. I just, you know, I'm driving. I don't have it right now. So when I get my hands on that site information to where it tells you all the locations of the centers, I would be mm-hmm. happy to send it to you, and then you can you can share it out accordingly to where you see fit. Well, you can do it directly. We have the Life and Health Coaching page. That's what it's for. We already have a group for that, so feel free. Okay. You can share it. Yeah, you can share anything there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the place to do it. 
you can share your information. You can put your your uh, email address there. You can put anything you want there. Um, so I'd that's the place to do it. Yeah, yeah, because people might want to find out more about it. So we have like 21 groups. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a comedy group. That's my next one. <laughs> it's going to be fun. But um, yeah, well, to, like I said, it's too bad he left so quickly because I wanted to get his contact, but that's okay. Uh, it's a big topic, I know, and he may want to come back and explain it more uh, another time. But I think we covered a, a lot of it, but I'm, I'm a real nuts and bolts kind yeah. of guy. I want to know how, and I need the, the hows and oh, the yeah. whys. You know, and that's, that's how I find things out. Yeah. Yeah. So that people can dig, you know, dig, mm-hmm. go look at scalar energy health, look at, look up Rife, R-I-F-E, look up frequency healings, um, and mm-hmm. not just with music, like just frequency healings. Um, and you'll find See, I want to do more of that. Of he said this is not right. frequency healing, but I want to, I want to, I want to have a guest that knows frequency healing because, you know, obviously music makes people feel better and that's frequencies. So there's obviously something to right. it. We've already, we've already demonstrated that just with music alone, drums have an effect right. on people you know, by themselves. So we know that frequencies are huge. You know, singing birdies right. sound pretty. We make us feel better. Yeah. So all that yeah. stuff is frequencies. And so I know it works. A little side note. A little side uh-huh. note. I'm going to talk with Tracy Lee today, and, and I probably will not be, obviously, before the Memorial Day, Memorial right. Day, but sometime in June, maybe we can get Tracy Lee to come, come back on, and we can get her take on it and discuss some other things because I'm doing an actual podcast with her today. So And she's amazing. Yes, she is. Yeah. I gotta see you this time instead of here. So, <laughs> That'd be fun. All right. Yeah. But um, you guys have a great day, and Greg, I'll reach out to you later on this afternoon after my podcast, and I hope everybody okay. has a great weekend. Thank you, CJ. Wonderful guest. I always appreciate the guests that you bring on, and uh, all the well and stuff. And I'll I'll make you your own uh, theme with your name on it. <laughs> I'll be working uh, on that. Okay. I'll talk with you later. Bye bye. Thank you, CJ. Take care. All right, so I played everything. There's nothing really much to play except just to give the websites. Blogtalkradio.com slash Citizen Action is where you find the show, uh, so if you want to share that. Um, our legislative uh, stuff is done at writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. My substack, gregpenglis.substack.com. Uh, hopefully you would like to be a paid subscriber, $5 a month, $10 a month, you know, whatever works for you. Uh, we've also got uh, our con- contribution sites, givesendgo.com slash action radio and paypal.com slash paypal.me slash action radio. Uh, other than that, that's it. So let me just get our, our, uh, our classical music theme for Thursday, the one that we play um, at this time. And I'll see you tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Central Time. And go watch the hearings. And so I'm going to go watch the hearings now, too. You get the video. Again, get the video of the hearings and then just uh, cut out the Democrats, play the Republicans, and you'll have a much more enjoyable experience. See you tomorrow.
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.